From the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. So we've been killing some of this Stormhouse food that was brought by. Stormhouse Brewing came through with... Those pretzel rolls are thick. Oh, yeah. I mean... I thought Kyle Lowry made it appear. Yeah, uh, Kyle Lowry pretzel, baby. Theo is just mouthful of pretzel roll right now. Uh-huh. Uh, the sausage platter... To die for. It's got that kraut in it. That mm, kraut. Mm, mm. <laughs> and the pierogi. Now, Theo's never had a pierogi. Never even heard the word before today. Yeah, pierogi. Been making part of your vernacular and your diet. Not too many, though, because you're going to get tubby. A lot of carbs. Yeah, a lot of carbs. Carb machine, but worth it. Now, Stone, Stone knows a little bit about pierogies. You're damn right. He eats them at like 2 a.m. in bed. <laughs> Polish, German, throw them in the air fryer. That's right. Some of the best treats. So really. these pierogies are legit. But Stone had a great idea. What if you took a syringe and inserted into a pierogi gravy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just take a bite. Just close your eyes. You know. Just it, think it, about it. I'm gonna picture it right now. Okay. So here, he, cut the music real quick. We need complete silence for this. <laughs> Heavy metal doesn't go well. No, 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 no. That's not. Yeah, that's, that's, no. Here, let's uh, let's just that think about it. Music, so we're we're. Oh yeah, you probably Serenity need music. something. Yeah, mm. um, ethereal, right? Yes. So we're you're sitting in in you have the pierogi to your mouth, right? Yeah. It, it makes contact with uh with your tongue. So whatever portion of the tongue with the taste buds that that the I don't know, like the it's like a little bit of a tangy with the kraut on it. Yeah. Uh, potato, a little bit of a starchy taste to it. Mm-hmm. So maybe the left side of your tongue. I don't know. So it gets there and you bite in. And it's got that right amount of, of mm. crispness, but the softness of the potato, right? But just think about if you had just injected <laughs> gravy into it. Mm. Think about the texture. Like you've got the potato, and oh, then you've got the added, wow. the added oomph of mm. warm gravy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Paint the picture as if, you know, when you have an egg on top of a burger, and, mm. you, and you pop mm-hmm. that yolk, and it comes it just running. Start, mm, yeah, running down. Yeah, yeah. The gravy yeah. just starts running into your mouth. It, it's, it's the... the Firmness of the outside of the pierogi like with that. the mashed potato with the creaminess. Mm. That, it's the creaminess that's going to do it for you. That is a that is one hell of a pierogi right there. Stone, that is one hell of an idea. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that is really, really good. But hold on, you need some Pinot. Oh, wash it down with some Pinot Noir. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're doing oh, that. Hey, you're, you're in for a, a, some oh. trouble. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You're going to be drunk on gravy and Pinot. Let's you. go. That sounds hey. like a Saturday to me. Look here. And then I'll, you can roll me out of the place. <laughs> Look here. <laughs> <laughs> Kelton Vick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, you know what? You know what? The only thing that would make that scenario better is if you were eating a gravy-filled pierogi while drinking Pinot on a train. Woo! <laughs> I've never heard of three things go together uh, as well uh, as that. Especially when you can look to your right as you're headed down to a heat game dining on pierogies with gravy and pinot. Yeah, exactly. When the heat open. And by yeah. the way, special edition Ken Levick alive tomorrow as we count down to heat tomorrow. It'll be at 3 o'clock, 3 to 5 here on ESPN 106.3. But you're looking at all the people stuck in traffic and you're saying, my God, I'm on top of the world. I have a pierogi with gravy and Pinot Noir, and I'm going 65 miles an hour down a track right down to Miami for the heat. 
And you can only do that on Brightline. That scenario can only exist if you take Brightline. Go Brightline.com and the free Brightline app. You can enjoy the comforts, the air conditioning, the, the Wi-Fi, the comfortable seats. Kick your feet up. You don't have to sit in traffic and enjoy your trip to West Palm or Fort Lauderdale, Miami Central Station. Take the buzzer beater train. Walk two blocks to FTX Arena. Watch the heat deliver mm, a beating. And then... You leave FTX Arena, get on one of three buzzer beater trains, so you're never going to miss it to go back home to Fort Lauderdale or to West Palm. The stations are beautiful, so clean, so many options, and so many amenities. That's Brightline, the only way to travel through South Florida, and certainly the only way to get to see the heat. Go Brightline.com and the free Brightline app. All right. Let's go to social media here. We've been asking, other than Russell Wilson, who is the most disappointing NFL quarterback this season? And a variety of answers here, including one that's especially shocking to me because I've gotten it multiple times. TM tweets, Carson Wentz. Kevin tweets, Carson Wentz, most disappointing quarterback this season. Where is this coming from? Who thought Carson Wentz was going to be good? Other than Stone. I didn't think... I thought Stone was a one-man Carson Wentz fan club. Theo, apparently not. He should have been. Who thought Carson Wentz was going to be good with the Commanders? One, it's the Commanders. And two, it's Carson Wentz. And three, the head coach is Ron Rivera. Stone, explain. Um, <laughs> It's tough. But, but I would think the reason would be that they obviously brought him in as that missing puzzle piece. <laughs> so he had expectations to turn that team around. Necessarily, he's been paid in Indy, paid him a little chunk of change in Washington, and they're like, hey, this is what we've been missing, was a MVP caliber quarterback or a guy who's played at that level before in his yeah, career. Yeah, played at that level but before, still- and whether or not he's still MVP caliber are two wildly different things, and he's not MVP caliber and hasn't been. But the, the, the main argument against that is that the year before, Indianapolis brought Carson Wentz as the missing puzzle piece. And well, how did that go? And... They missed the playoffs mm-hmm. because he couldn't score a touchdown against the Jaguars. Uh-huh. Correct. Correct. So, again, what made anybody, including you, think that him trying it on a worse team with a – I don't know if he's a worse – yeah, I'll go ahead and say the worst head coach would work out in his favor. I, I just don't know. <sighs> okay, so I'll, I'll, this is my attempt number two. <laughs> Frank Reich the versus guy, Ron Rivera in a battle tough. of worst coach. The that's, guy oof. who tweeted that is obviously a Washington commander – or commanders Yeah, you got it fan. right. Good job. That would be the only other reason oh, that I oh. have. <laughs> that was the point. All right. I didn't know. I thought you were had more coming. I thought there was more but The guy there. who thinks he's had a disappointing season yeah. is obviously a Commanders fan. Uh, Osmond says, yeah. says it's a tie between Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. I think for Kyler, we know what Kyler Murray is. Yeah. And I think that the money is what makes Kyler Murray disappointing maybe on the level of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, because he's the two-time MVP, and you just say to yourself, and surely he assumed, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I can do nothing but make magic happen. Turns out, not the case through six weeks. Kyler Murray, getting paid to be mid. Yeah. Big money for mid play. That's what Kyler Murray is. And also, it's like, yeah, we're getting mid play from Kyler Murray, but he didn't come in as the division favorite. Like, you still have the Super Bowl champions in your division. Yeah. So, you still have the 49ers, who a lot of people picked over the Cardinals. So, you can say he's been disappointing with his play, but, I mean, the Cardinals are, what, 3-3? Three and three. Mm-hmm. They're right about where we thought they would be. It just hasn't looked good yeah. at the quarterback position. Yeah, and, and it, it, again, you're right. And Kyler Murray, for that money, though, the fact that we thought, like, hey, three and three. That's pretty telling in and of yeah, itself, yeah, right? 
It's not. It's and I don't know. Maybe that's not on Kyler Murray as much as it is on Cliff Kingsbury. But nobody's surprised the Cardinals are three and three because even with that big money quarterback, you didn't have super high expectations for it, which yeah. is on them. And their wins have not been. Like, no I think they got one way. against the Panthers. They had that weird win against the Raiders. Or did they win that game yeah, or did. lose it? They, they won that game. Mm-hmm. That was the fourth down run around. Yeah. Yes, fourth down run around, and then the Raiders like fumbled it or something like Oh, Hunter Renfro. That I was Hunter that Renfro, now. Mr. Fumble himself. Yeah, he fumbled it two plays in a row. They gave him they, he fumbled it. They were like, hey. When he's not fumbling, he's running straight into Devontae <laughs> Adams. <laughs> Yo, Hunter Renfro has literally directly lost two Raiders games I right know. now. Wow. How do you feel about that? And then you go on to uh games they've lost and they just scored nine against the Seattle Seahawks team. They, they scored nine against the mm-hmm. worst defense mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yep. And they scored nine points. And you paid him how much money before the season? Mm-hmm. It, that's that's not good. After he threw a tantrum and his agent wrote yeah. a, a, a iPhone note as long as the New Testament. Yeah. Like that's that's not that's not good. We yeah. use Baker Reagan Mayfield because he slipped that in there. I'm gonna stand by, <laughs> I'll find Kyler Murray's middle name. Okay. Find I that. doubt it's Reagan. I doubt it's Reagan and also Baker Bayfield, also one of the most disappointing quarterbacks this year, even though, I mean, because everybody kept saying it, it can't get worse than Sam Darnold. Can't but get worse than did. Sam. It got yeah. way worse. <laughs> and then worse. it did. And then it absolutely did. He got his coach fired and he got his one of his receivers traded. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, I, I, I will say Baker does deserve to be in this conversation because yeah. I think when he did go to Carolina, of course there was that group of people who said, he stinks. It's not going to matter. This Carolina team is not going to do anything with him. But there were some others who were like, hey, it's revenge season. <clears throat> it's, it, it's, we're going to find out that this guy needed a new system. This guy needed a change of scenery. So You and Bill Simmons. It's Oddly been disappointing. Enough, I don't know why, but Bill Simmons was really heavy on the Baker Mayfield Carolina train. And y'all were both wrong. So you have that in common. You just got to write the book of basketball next. Right. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Figure uh, it out. <laughs> this is going to be a little bit convoluted, but stay with me. I would argue there's a case to be made for disappointing quarterback in Dak Prescott simply because he's getting paid a lot of money. Jerry Jones finally ponied up for him. And what happens when he gets hurt? Cowboys do not miss him at all. I mean, at all. Do they have the benefit of a great defense? Sure. Did Cooper Rush more than do his part and put up numbers where if you saw them and you didn't see who put them up, you would just say, hey, Dak Prescott's having a pretty good start to the year. Like that in and of itself, what are you paying for? If you can plug in Cooper Rush and get similar production to what Dak Prescott's going to give you. I'll I'll raise you one, and I don't think you'll like this because I think people are not going to like the Dak Prescott take because it was more injury-based, but Trey Lance. Trey Lance has to be in this discussion. He looked like an abomination in the six seconds we saw. Now I I think Trey Lance is Dak's but on steroids. Yes, because not only is it – But they're better with Jimmy G. But the Trey Lance story starts before the season even started. He wasn't good enough in the offseason for them to even feel comfortable at one point offloading Jimmy Getting G. Getting rid of Jimmy G, yeah. So they keep Jimmy G around because he wasn't good enough. Then he starts playing, and we saw why they kept Jimmy G around. And then, obviously, the injury. And when you partner all of that with the fact that they leveraged so much draft capital to trade up and get Trey Lance, it is a major disappointment that he not only was bad when he did play, but now he's out for the season. It's unfortunate that we're going to end up forgetting about the whole Trey Lance experience, I think, in San Francisco. Because this team's going to have a good record. They're going to find themselves in the playoffs. 
in in years to come, we're not even going to realize that Trey Lance basically shipped Jimmy G out of San Francisco and was the franchise quarterback, quote-unquote, per Kyle Shanahan. Trey Lance, the Niners try to, depending on how the rest of the season goes, there's a chance they try to shop him, no? There is no doubt. But, but the problem I, is the stock has never been lower. That's the thing. You can't get a first-round pick for him anymore, so you're going to have to just – he's at best a second-round pick. Yeah, like – That's too bad. And a second-round pick. We're not talking multiple picks yeah. it, with a second included in that. We're talking a second-round pick. And also, what do you do with Jimmy G after the season? Isn't he – this is his last year of his contract, I, I believe. So they have a lot of decisions to make, but I guess right now they're Brady. just focused on the football. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess Brady's, Brady's out coming. there. And me and Brady's coming. Want, he's going to go to one practice a week. Me and Ken want all that credit, too. We know where Brady's going next season. We already called it out. Yeah. yeah. It we was did, we San have Francisco. I mean, it the was Giants. Tennessee, and then it was the New York Giants. Uh-huh. He which, wanted to go to San Francisco this year. Right. But the Bucks wouldn't really let him. Right. And uh, Giants were on that list for us as far as destinations for Tom Brady, but Daniel Jones making that case in his contract. No, year. he's not. But why would he want to go to the Giants? <laughs> what do you mean? What if they go 12 and. Twelve and five. Danny, what are they gonna do? Danny Dumpoff is not getting a long-term <laughs> da- extension. Danny Dash. <laughs> Danny Dash. Danny Dumpoff. Uh-huh. Either way, I don't know why Tom Brady would want to go to New York, where the receivers are Wandell Robinson and what's left of Sterling Shepard. Is he hurt now? Or <laughs> He's just Darius a torso. Slayton? Like, Sterling Shepard is just a torso now. That's all he is. It's tough. I, I don't think – why would any quarterback want to be there? We talked about him getting into the media business, just the market that New York is. You do bring in a guy like Odell, or if, it, if Tom Brady does come to town, I'm sure the free agents will yeah. start bringing in all these yeah. guys. It's a good spot, I think. Yeah, like how he brought in Julio Jones, and that's working out. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> oh, 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 Adam Schefter just tweeted, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said quarterback Kenny Pickett Remains of the concussion protocol, but his practice work will not be limited this week. Quote, if he can play, Tomlin said, he will play. Why are the Steelers trying to kill Kenny Pickett? Why do they care about concussions? Why are they being so disingenuous? Ah, this is garbage. Why would he not be limited? He had a concussion for Christ's sake. Weird. The only team that gets in trouble for things like that in the court of public opinion are the Dolphins. Weird, 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 weird. Yeah. Hmm. I sense a double standard. I don't know. I can't argue against it. Yeah, no, it's really sound. Even when two is healthy. He he passed concussion protocol. He was cleared this weekend. Mike McDaniel announced Sunday night he's going to play against the Steelers, and you have, oh, this doesn't make me feel good. Oh, this makes me squeamish. Why? He doesn't have a concussion anymore. Why? How is he different than any other player? How is he different from Kenny Pickett? Because he he hit his head on national TV and it made you scared? Well, like, things, stop it. Things that happen on primetime are amplified. God, yeah. even like Russell Wilson. <laughs> that was a good little alley-oop. I, I just, this is, just bring this, it right back. I brought down the backboard with that. <laughs> this is going to be definitely a storyline uh, because they come down to Hard Rock Stadium and literally play the Miami Dolphins, who too is going to be back. Well, starting it's, against. It's the other way. Right? This game's at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday. Oh, it is at Hard Rock Stadium. This that guy works at Hard Rock Stadium. You oh, yeah, you're right. That's games true. Are in town he's, on the, he's on the inside. I was, I got I'm fired. Sorry. I was like, whoa, I think I'm working Sunday. Maybe <laughs> not. Supposed so, to be yeah, working. we'll be down there. So, now you're going to have a Kenny Pickett starting against a two attack by like two guys probably still concussed at the moment, but God knows what protocol they've followed. Or... We, need to, we just need those. Let's pray for the offensive linemen. This, uh, uh-huh. Just protect them dudes. You know what I'm saying? I think on both sides, they should just tell the pass rushers, be gentle. Mm-hmm. All right? We got one guy that's got you know, a little concussion problems here. You got one guy 
We can't have any Two-hand situations. Two-hand touches. Two-hand touches. You know what I'm saying? The NFL refuses to stop. I don't know if you guys caught Bradley Chubb getting the roughing the passer call. That was far oh, from yeah. a roughing the oh, passer. Oh, Troy Aikman's over it. Yep. Last night, he every roughing the passer. There were two of them, I believe, in both of them. He's like, yeah, that wasn't it. Yeah. That wasn't it. Mm-hmm. But, but, again, let's have the same energy for the Steelers where Mike Tomlin's saying, oh, yeah, this dude's not limited in his work, and if he can play, he's going to play. And he's currently in concussion protocol for an actual concussion that he suffered. Right? An actual concussion he suffered. We are we are three weeks removed from a Tua Tungavailoa concussion. He has cleared concussion protocol, but all you see on social media is, ooh, this doesn't feel right. Why not? He cleared concussion protocol. But we're going to have a concussion cage match Sunday night ooh, at Hard Rock that Stadium. Actually, that's, that's the headline right Battle there. Battle of the brain damage. Did yeah, he used to yeah. write? <laughs> he did. He used to write, huh? Uh, I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. Yep, brain Gazi. Somewhere a, a neuroscientist, or what are the brain doctors? What is it? Is that it? Neuro, neurologist? Somewhere <laughs> neurologist, they're, they're yes. cringing right now. Like these guys <laughs> are just talking flippantly about these concussions. I know, I they're know. They're pissed off driving down the highway. Well, I'm sure Chris Nowinski, Dr. Chris Nowinski, based out of Boynton Beach, will have something to say about oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett uh, playing on Sunday. Well, Maybe. my boy, Dino Babers. And by the way, on SportsCenter right now, Dino the Babers, the head coach of Syracuse, undefeated Syracuse, who... I got to be honest, and I feel badly about it. Stone and I sort of clowned when uh, he was on with us during ACC Media Days this past season. We had we, were, we had Theo offering him yogurt parfaits oh out goodness. of the media room. Yeah. Oh my God! I can't believe that this team is. I think undefeated still, correct? Yeah. And ranked number fourteenth in the country, in the nation. And we when we we learned on ACC Media Day, or ACC kickoff, as Theo calls it, that Dino Babers was going to be our first guest. Boy, we were not excited. Y'all were not excited. And I told you, I, said, I wanted no part of it. But he had already sat down, so we couldn't like. Do Honestly, Dino was right in front of me. I'm like, I was going to tell Theo, tell Dino we don't need him. Oh my God, Dino's ready. Ken was pissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was and not happy we were having Dino. I was Babers. ready to ask him about his quarterback competition that he had going on that wow. I clearly had no clue about. And this team is kicking behinds. Now, there's Dino Babers, who again is the darling, one of the darlings of college football right now. Undefeated Syracuse. Quotables, too. He's, he's really quotable. He's, he's about to interview. get a, a long contract extension, and here we were offering him yogurt parfaits in the offseason. Which he on declined. The air, which he declined, yeah. by the way, very disrespectfully, if yeah. I may say so myself. By the way, Stone asking Dino Babers on the air about a quarterback and his prospects for the season that no longer plays for Dino Babers in Syracuse. Not By the way, that quarterback, though, yes. Tommy DeVito, uh-huh. the head man of number 16, Illinois. Absolutely. They're looking to win that big West, too. <laughs> Illinois is rolling hey, right now. Ohio State, look out. Look out. Look out. Ohio State, Illinois, <laughs> Big Ten title game. Ryan Day, do you have the guts? I think I see Ohio State. Oh, oh they're looking out, but it's a speed bump. Yeah, they're going to roll right over Illinois. That's too bad because Illinois got the leading rusher in the country. That's right. Yeah, that's cute. And they got Tommy DeVito. And is it a speed bump with maybe a little bit of asphalt that Uh that has gotten a little bit ragged, wear and tear over the years? It's going to slit that tire. It's like a speed table. It's going to take a long time to get over it, but you'll still get over it. (laughs) It'll scrape the bottom a little bit. Can't live alive with the Midas touch. I mean, go ahead, Dino Babers. Go ahead, Tommy DeVito. Yeah. Any any name we mentioned in the offseason yes. has turned to gold. Yes. Hey, Mike Norvell's going pretty good early. Sure, sure. Hey, we I, sat down got, with Jordan Travis. They look good. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. we, also, we also talked with uh, Mario Crow. Oh, Uh-oh. that's uh, – well, you know what, though? He made us wait until the final hour, so that they're oh. kind of getting what they get. They're kind of getting Mario what they get. Mario Cristobal. And you know who skirted on us? You're horrible! Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. Oh, yeah, they're playing they, pretty good. They Well, they skirted on us, but you know what? Dino Babers has him this Saturday, and, and I'm rolling with the cues. Well, now I Orange. hope Dino understands that when we send poor Theo up to Charlotte again next year for ACC Media Days, Dino 
is obligated to sit down with us because we and deal with our nonsense oh, yeah. and ask him about quarterbacks who don't play for him and and get offered parfaits because yeah. we're solely responsible for this. I'll be damned if I don't ask him what he thought about Tommy DeVito's season at Illinois. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Oh, no, hey, perfect. ACC kickoff next year is going to oh, be crazy. It's going to be it's lit. Gonna be lit. <laughs> Hell yeah. He is definitely getting the DeVito question back. Oh, yeah. Um, That's going to be the first question off the bat. <laughs> but speaking of Mario Cristobal, because he definitely has not turned to gold since um, mm-hmm. since we talked to him. It's been a little rough. Watch for the old Miami Hurricanes. And Canes fans upset over Miami losing or, or beating Virginia Tech, by the way, Saturday, because it wasn't stylish enough. Take whatever the hell you can get this year. Yeah, be grateful. Stop it. You don't have a running game. You're, you have Tyler Van Dyke throwing 67 times a game. That's the only way to win. Josh Gaddis will not come off of his offensive style. They've embraced the rebuild moniker. Look at John Ruiz, the billionaire who won't stop tweeting, who wants a new stadium in Coral Gables. He used the R word after North Carolina. I had not heard rebuild in the offseason mm. at all when discussing the Miami Hurricanes, but now we're in a rebuild, apparently. It is the worst wide receiver room that they've had in easily the past 10 years. There's a bunch of junior college transfers. There's, there's guys in and out of this lineup that fans who have been around for a long time don't even know their names. What well, is the thing? When, when, when we came out the gates knowing that Xavier Restrepo was going to be the number one guy, good guy, mm-hmm. good receiver, good, yeah. like, got good hands, very, you know, but when we knew that was going to be the guy, it's like, come on. For sure. And Jacoby George, one of their other, you know, impact guys or a guy that had a lot of expectations for it, was suspended for the first three games of the season and comes back finally, gets injured now, not in the lineup. Two, two running backs go down before the sure. season starts. What's going on with Will Mallory, by the way? I mean, he's Is just, he like done done? He's nursing that. I, I don't mm. necessarily know if he's done or not. That's also a huge loss. If you don't have Will Mallory, yeah. what are you throwing at? Mm-hmm. What are you throwing? Tyler Van Dyke is already. He had a bad start to the year, but now he's looking like Tyler Van Dyke again. But if I'm TVD, why would I stay at Miami? I would try and just pad my stats and take the hell off of the draft. Go to the league. Just get out. Say, Fourth look what pick. I did with that. In yeah. that offense. With that guy as my offensive coordinator. Draft me. Um, but Kappa Kane, just a random Twitter account that I, that I stumbled upon over the weekend, asked an interesting question. It's stuck in my brain, and I want to read it now because I'm curious what both of your reactions, you guys, hardcore Canes fans, what your reaction is to this. Would Miami be better off with Lane Kiffin as head coach right now? Discuss. Stone, you first. Considering this was a Miami team that was ranked top 10, right? Top 10 in the preseason. Yep. Now they're not ranked, never to be ranked again in 2022. Uh, They are not going to be in the ACC title game, and their offense is the equivalent of trying to run through a pool of mud. It is. So here's where I would start. I think that Lane Kiffin could probably do more with less, and I would start with offense. Right? He can take guys out, spread them, do a lot of things on the front end that would Mm. mix defenses up and allow you to, you know, get these chunk plays, all these explosive. 15-yard passes, 12-yard rushes. I think Mario Cristobal is, believe it or not, in that rebuild mindset where he's still focusing on this offensive line, getting guys in this building, recruits and stuff, defensively holding them to a standard. And I think the offense is kind of coming last, whether it's in these practices or, I guess, mindset for this staff and this team. Like, it's defense first, and I'm sure that's stuff that Cristobal preaches. Like, we're going to be, we're going to block up front and we're going to get defensive stops because that's what we're built on. We don't have an identity. Let's be tough guys. When Lane Kiffin would be like, hey, screw this. TVD, I'm going to put you in empty. I'm going to give you one back of, you know, once or twice a drive. We're going to go empty. 
and we're going to have guys motioning. I think Lane Kiffin can do more with less, so therefore I might be happier with him now because I'm not along for this military ride. Stay with me. Mm-hmm. No more BS. Like We're going to figure this thing out. We're going to do it the right way. Yeah. That, that was a very great take. intelligent and accurate take yeah. by young Stone Lebanowitz. Nope, nothing more needs to be said. I was going to say, yeah, short-term, Lane Kiffin would, would be a little bit more exciting. Might win more games this year. Long term, I do think Mario Cristobal is building something more sustainable. I might go out there and say this. If Lane Kiffin just had one week of practice leading up to this Texas A&M game, Miami might win. Because they know they're holding Texas A&M. Texas A&M cannot score the football. That offense is irrelevant. So if you can score 20, you beat that Texas A&M team. I'll go as far to say this. If Lane Kiffin was the head coach at Miami right now, Miami would be undefeated. (laughs) They would be undefeated. I absolutely love it. Offense, I saw offense, offense. firsthand Lane Kiffin yeah. come into Boca Raton and take a team that was three and nine, three and nine, three and nine in all three years under Charlie Partridge, and turn them in to a team that won ten games in a single season, go undefeated in conference play, and then two years later do the same exact thing, and then go into Ole Miss and immediately turn them into a double-digit win team for the first time in program history. He does more with less. That was a perfect way to put it. The deficiencies that have shown so brightly with Miami because Josh Gaddis is not capable of scheming around it. Mario Cristobal, his conservative manner, doesn't want you to attempt to do anything like that. Right. We would not be saying the R-word, rebuild, if Lane Kiffin was the head coach at Miami right now. Lane Kiffin also had no defense whatsoever. It was ghosts in his first two years at Ole Miss. First year and a half at Ole Miss. And suddenly, all the while, while they're putting up 45, 50, 55 points every game, winning 10 games a year, playing in New Year's Day Bulls, they have quietly recruited the hell out of that defense, and it's one of the best defenses statistically now in the SEC. And they're undefeated. Lane Kiffin, in retrospect, and I know it's only six, seven games, but in retrospect, maybe you should have been throwing the bag at Lane. I don't. But was he available though? And did Miami fans want him? I I think Miami fans would have won. I would have wanted if, him if Miami pulled what they pulled with Cristobal, where they're basically offering a blank check and they're traveling out to see him in the middle of the night and they're yeah. flirting with him. Don't think that Lane wouldn't at least given a serious conversation about it. I don't know if Ole Miss is a better job than Miami, but I do know from a brand standpoint and from a challenge standpoint, that man, Lane Kiffin, loves himself a challenge. And maybe, just maybe, but I don't even think they made a serious overture. And I'm not saying that Mario Cristobal is going to fail, but what I am saying is I don't think Mario Cristobal should have been the top target. I, well, we had this conversation, Ken, and I remember it. When Miami was looking for its coach, I was like, hey, Lane Kiffin, I would like Lane Kiffin down here as a fan, just because he's also just a more exciting person, especially as a person in the media, like covering Lane Kiffin, a lot more fun than covering militaristic guys like uh, Cristobal mm-hmm. and even like Willie Taggart, who's a good guy, just not as fun, not as good of sound bites. I think Willie Taggart is the finest coach in Conference USA. Co- yeah, of course. Willie Taggart is good. I like Willie Taggart. Big fan of it. I'm just saying, who's a bigger personality? Lane Kiffin mm-hmm. is a great personality to cover, and you experienced that firsthand. All I'm saying is, back when I said it, you said Lane Kiffin would never take the Miami job because he wants to beat Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. we even do this yeah. in hindsight now? I mean, yeah, no. And, and I, I think now more than ever, and I know, he can do this. And I definitely know. I definitely know what what I and I'm yes. just saying. Like, I, I know but Lane what, Kiffin can. 
I'm saying, would Lane Kiffin have even wanted to take the Miami job because you're saying sure, he always sure. wants to be and, and maybe SEC maybe guys. he wouldn't have. Maybe he wouldn't have because I do think Nick Saban is his ultimate conquest, especially yeah. now that he has seen a bunch of Saban's former assistants pick up wins over Nick Saban too. Finally, he's Jimbo, licking his chops. Oh yeah. man, he's he, licking his chops. He, he don't care who they play next week. He's watching the yeah. Tennessee game. Over yeah. and over and, and so over. All I'm saying is maybe just maybe instead of going full court press on Mario Cristobal, they should have at least tried significantly harder to pry Lane away. Whether or not it was feasible, yeah. I don't know. But maybe just maybe that should have been their focus if they truly wanted a program that could build and and compete right away. Because whatever this is for the Canes, it's pretty close to Denver Broncos unwatchable. And, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, one thing that, that stands out to me the most about all of this is I remember Lane Kiffin at the beginning of the season did not know who his starting quarterback was. Mm. I believe it was between Jackson Dart and a guy that had transferred in or a guy who had been there for two or three seasons. So they went through all of fall camp, and he had not named a starter opposed to Miami where we have a guy under center who's fourth on the Heisman list, Peyton Manning award watch list. We think this guy is projected to go in the top 10 or at least the first round at the very least. So we're talking about doing more with less. He's simply done more with less. Yeah, and TVD isn't off to the... Right now, TVD is going Herculean putting up numbers despite just unbelievably extenuating circumstances. TVD, the way that he has been able to fight back into something where now you can consider again, all right, maybe this is a first round dude, or at least in the discussion. But man, I just... I know the injuries haven't helped, but I can't help but think that Cristobal and Josh Gaddis have done some pretty irreparable harm to Tyler Van Dyke's draft prospects, at and, least where and, he sits. And you know what? I don't think that they're too concerned with it. No, and, and long term, no. That's a good call. No. But again, this is a top 10 Miami team, and, and certainly Mario Cristobal was all, he wanted to talk about the culture and talk about all the great things in Miami in the offseason, and then suddenly things start to go south, and Middle Tennessee State puts up 45 on you, and you lose at home to North Carolina again, and now we're, it's a rebuild? Again, I didn't hear that word at all in the offseason. Theo, Theo, that was beautifully done, right? If we were to ask Lane Kiffin about Tyler Van Dyke or, or his quarterback for this instance, Jackson Dart, if he had hopes to go in the first round or was projected to go there, or Heisman guy, he would have been like, hey, we're doing everything we can to put Tyler in oh, yeah. this position. Mario Cristobal's answer would be, it's not about the quarterback right now. We're focused as a team yeah. on getting better mm-hmm. and growing. So he would just totally not even address how Tyler Van Dyke's done this season. He would turn it right into a team thing, and Lane Kiffin would be straight up and be like, I know, we haven't helped him out. We're going to help him out, and he's going to have the season that he wanted in the first place. Which I hope recruits don't see, because as great of a recruiter that Mario Cristobal is, and he's been able to do it at a high level, obviously, like that's not something that's appealing to high school guys who want to be able to go get their numbers or want to be on a team with a Heisman candidate that does flashy stuff. Like some of that stuff, yes, it's good for winning. It might be good for long term, but featuring your guys and putting them in position to have a better draft stock, like even Nick Saban does, mm-hmm. while still having a militaristic approach and winning games, is it's only beneficial for recruiting. And Theo, while you're right that I, I definitely said, oh, no, Lay Link Kiffin leaves Ole Miss for Miami. I also said that Miami fans are notoriously impatient. Notoriously impatient. And if Mario Cristobal didn't get things running, how quick was it going to take for Canes fans to turn (laughs) on him? Because I know because they're toxic. It's a toxic fan base. I love them, but they're toxic. And 
this, I, I'm getting the sense that there are some that are, hey, in it for the long haul, but some that are already starting to waver well, a little bit. Well, Because it's not a good watch. If, they were, if, they, if you could see them trying to push the ball down the field, see them able to run the ball, all that. But 20 they, points for Virginia Tech is garbage. It's not good football. It's terrible. It's not good it's, football. And it hasn't been good football all year, even when we had the cupcake games to start the year off with. Like, none of it looked pretty. No, Southern Miss didn't look good. Yeah, but then Cook didn't yeah. look good. And then you get beat. Like, even when you were saying that and I was saying, hey, no, I think Miami fans are going to have more patience this time. If you would have told me Miami loses to Middle Tennessee, then I would have been like, okay, yeah, yeah. maybe then fans are going to turn a little bit. Like, that's a different level of disappointment that you wouldn't have even expected yeah. from a Mario Cristobal coach team. So, yeah, like, he's underwhelmed so far when it comes to Saturdays. I'm not saying that Mario Cristobal is going to fail. I'm not saying that he isn't going to be a good coach and he's not going to bring the Canes back to prominence. What I am saying is that Lane Kiffin, if you were somehow able to lure him or rip him away from Ole Miss – probably could have built the program in a similar way talent-wise while also taking much fewer unacceptable losses Mm. along the way. And certainly, it would have been a lot more aesthetically pleasing. Should the Canes have gone for Lane Kiffin? Again, this based off of a uh, a tweet, a random tweet over the weekend I ran into, the Twitter account, at Kappa Kane, would Miami be better with Lane Kiffin as head coach right now? And as far as right now is concerned, I think... Absolutely. I don't even think there's much of a debate to it. Should Miami have targeted Lane Kiffin over Mario Cristobal? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We'll get to the phones in a moment. want to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com. It's the best fantasy. It's my fantasy. They're finally going to play Game 5 of the American League Divisional Series tonight. Yankees and Guardians. You can play baseball fantasy at Underdog Fantasy. The NBA is coming up. Uh, underdog fantasy get your team ready to go and enjoy your nba season while making money with underdog fantasy again the best fantasy is underdog fantasy underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code west palm get your deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars west palm one word get that deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars with underdog fantasy should Miami have targeted Lane Kiffin instead of Mario Cristobal? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Also, when we return, who is further away from contending? Miami, Florida State, or Florida? It's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. What do you know about those pierogies from Stormhouse Brewing that Stone is housing right now? A lot. Yeah, sir. And check those things with gravy. We're going to experiment. Oktoberfest Saturday, 3 o'clock, Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, US 1, Crystal Cove Commons, Half Mile South. A PGA Boulevard. NBA season gets going tonight. It is the 76ers at the Celtics. 7.30 on TNT. I'm rooting for the Asteroid. The Asteroid? Yeah. What's that mean? If an Asteroid hit TD Garden, I'm good with it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Okay. <laughs> A did. celestial body, oh, perhaps. Yeah. You want them both to lose. Yeah. How about we... I know what to do. There's no winners here. I know what to do. Call up Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Oh. Unlimited. Unlimited. Who do you get 
advice from, Russell? <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. 58% passer. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Bag. He. It seems like he plays for the tie every time he goes out there. Tired of loss. Mr. Limited. <laughs> yeah, so limited. he is. He is. He's playing for overtime every time, no matter yeah. how few the opponent scores. Like playing for overtime. Does he have incentives in his contract? We need to check his contract. Like <laughs> we check plays, Kyler Murray's. If he's on the field a certain number of minutes. Yeah, like does he have a certain quota he has to hit? Like a, a uh. secret Broncos incentive. <laughs> uh, Stone, could I have some fancy horse music, please? There it is. Why fancy horse music, you ask? Because I'm about to talk about horses and fanciness. That makes sense. And polo. The FIP World Polo Championship is coming to Wellington, USPA National Polo Center, formerly the International Polo Club, October 29th through November 6th. The FIP World Polo Championship, over 35 years old, this started with 25 countries across five zones, and now it is down to eight. The United States are the hosts. Argentina, the defending world polo champions. What's up, Argentina? Welcome to our world. Mexico, Uruguay, Italy, Spain, Australia, Pakistan. The seven other teams, they're going to be taking that L. Thanks to Team USA. The opening ceremony, October 29th. The USA team will hit the field on ESPN. The opener against Australia, you can catch it on ESPN News. The Federation of International Polo. World Polo Championship beginning October 29th and going to November 6th. Played right here. Only the second time the states have hosted the World Polo Championship. It's like the World Cup with horses. USPA National Polo Center in Wellington. For more information, USA, USPAPro.com. USPAPro.com. Theo, how do you say that word right there? Uruguay. Let him hear it, Ken. Let him hear how it's really said. Uruguay. Uruguay. Hey, y'all. It's pretty good. Uruguay. Uruguay. He said it yesterday. He slipped it in there, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He stays slipping it in there with his Spanish. He does, but I don't know if it's Spanish. I know, but I just pointed to that earlier because of what he said. How you pronounce things. Yeah, like like, Uruguay. One one more time. Uruguay. Uruguay. So, um. That's awesome. Uruguay. It's, It's Uruguayan. But I actually, you're going to hear it tomorrow. We uh, we did we talked with Max Struess, and in Chicago, Portillo's <laughs> is is uh, Italian beef mm-hmm. and Italian sausage. Great chain restaurant in the Chicago area, Portillo's. And Max Struess, I asked him about it because we're both from Chicago, and he's like, "Oh, I love Portillo's." But I, the first time I went to say it. Guess how I pronounced you it? You said Portillo's? Mm-hmm. Oh, you've been so used to flexing the Spanish. And he called me out on it immediately. He's like, you've been down here too long. That's crazy. So you'll hear me embarrass myself in front of Max Drews tomorrow, right here on Ken LaVica Live Special Edition, 3 o'clock. Yeah, I'm trying to play it cool, right? NBA player on the Zoom. And I'm on Ken's radio bosom, and he's just slipping up left and right with this yeah. guy. Talking about Portillo's. Like, oh, Max, Max, when's the last time you got some beef at Portillo's? Portillo. I asked Max, Max what his dating life was like as well because every female in our office thinks he's oh, hot. When they, when they found out when, when Tina Home Team found out we were talking with Max Struess or Jeanette found out we were talking with Max Struess. Jeanette was like, creepily standing behind us outside taking pictures. of the frame. Yeah, and taking pictures of us. It was super weird. Max Struess? He's, yeah. you know, he's a stud. Is he? Yeah, he yeah. looks really good. As, I, mean, I know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, and Stone's not talking about like the work he put in the offseason. Yeah. No, 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 no. You just, just like the he's way he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, his I mean, face. He's kind yeah. of a good. He's just like a normal-looking dude. 
food. He would steal every single one of ours. He yeah. is a good looking man. Yeah, that face, good he's got that dog on him. Oh, uh, he does. Uh huh. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I gotta I, maybe I need to look at Max Struess again. <laughs> He's look, got that dog Max on him. Just, he's dog, just looking good. The dog man. is in him, not on him. Uh, well, his face, it's on him. All right? <laughs> if he has a dog face, that wouldn't <laughs> be good. That, he's got that dog on him. Um, so good. should the Canes have, have targeted okay. Should the Canes have targeted Lane Kiffin instead of Mario Cristobal? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. All I'm saying that right now, if Lane Kiffin was Miami's coach, Miami would be a better football team. That's all I'm saying. Leo in Riviera Beach. What's up, Leo? <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I I agree with you, Ken. I just say that in today's day and age of college football, you need an offensive guru at the helm, not necessarily a head coach, but we saw with Nick Saban. Nick Saban was going to go the way of the dodo before he before he uh, started let, let, getting the offense off his hands and gave it to Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, and all those guys. Now Bill O'Brien, and so Lane Kiffin coming in with his offensive scheme like he did at FAU probably would have gotten the Canes off to a great start and probably wouldn't have Canes fans shaking their heads and scratching their heads saying, how come we can't score more than 20 points on Virginia Tech when we're 11-point favorites or 13-point favorites or whatever point favorites we are? How come we can't do get it done? And so, and I also think that, you know, it's possible that uh, Cristobal, he needs maybe a couple more years, maybe get his guys in there. Maybe the Manny Diaz guys aren't it, but we really thought that Tyler Van Dyke coming into the season was going to be like a Heisman hopeful. But and I don't I think it's all his. To be. Yeah, and I don't think it's all his fault. He's not a Heisman hopeful. What, what I what I think is that Lane Kiffin though is able to maximize what he has better than Mario Cristobal is is able to do and appreciate the call. Um, I mean, Matt Coral, we had no idea who this dude was before right. Lane Kiffin got there, and Undersized. suddenly he's in the Heisman conversation. Uh-huh. Undersized kid. Not That's like all he I'm saying. Super, and super And talented. he's not going to be an NFL guy. He's not an NFL prospect. Lane Kiffin made him a legitimate NFL prospect. You just brought up Matt Coral. If he didn't get hurt, we would have been getting a dose of Matt Coral for these next few games with the Panthers instead of P.J. Yeah. Walker. That, that very well could be. And I, and, and I would have preferred to see that the way that P.J. Walker didn't get the ball to anybody. He was throwing the ball like two yards down. What the heck was that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm just know. glad to find out that you were watching the Panthers Oh, I game. wasn't watching. No, I wasn't. What <laughs> was that, Kenny? It wasn't me. He was flirting with his ex. I know. I know. He was flirting with his ex. He was in her DMs. He was in the Panthers DMs. Hey, baby girl, just checking in on you. Check in. See how your quarterback's doing. No, he did a how you question mark. No, no. you up? Look. It, that that wasn't what it hey, was. Hey, you doing okay? That wasn't what it was. All right, it, it was. How's it your was family? Nothing. It was nothing, man. That wasn't me. <laughs> Where are we going to, Stone? Joe and Jupiter is pissed off that you said Dak Prescott is a disappointment this season. I like Cooper Rush. How's that, Joe? Uh oh. First of all, I'm not. I'm not pissed off. I, I was going to call early, but I couldn't. And thanks for taking my. No way, he's a disappointment. And I know you mentioned yesterday on your show that you were hearing from Cowboy fans that were saying that we might be better off with Cooper, those fans don't know football. I mean, we scored maybe 20 points, I think like five touchdowns. Yes, yeah. he rolled the ship for us. We're 4-1. We're and one. But we finally played a team that could actually go, you know, do some serious stuff in the, in, in the playoffs like the Eagles, and what did we do? There's no way Cooper can take us to the promised land. He can ride the ship for a few games. We start playing teams that are worth a crap. Uh, Eagles, and and this is what's going to happen. Dak can throw the ball down the field. He can do that RPO, or he doesn't have to hand it off because Cooper can't go to the left and get a 12-yard touch, uh, you know, first down like he, you know, Cooper can't do that kind of stuff. So anybody that thinks we're better off with Cooper needs to go study some more NFL football because that's 
He's a good backup. That's why he's a yeah. backup. And I just and find so, it funny. And, and Joe, appreciate the call. We got to get we're up against it. But I just find it funny that oh, Cooper Rush, this is great. This is great. This is great. And then ah, oh, three interceptions. Ah, oh, that's what happens. You only beat us because the backup quarterback was in the game. Which one is it? Is Cooper Rush okay? Is he good? Should he take Dak's job or is it his fault? He's a backup. That's what it is. Which one is it? Which yeah. one is it? Uh, that's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. I'm Ken Levicka, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, listen up. Underdog Fantasy. UnderdogFantasy.com. Promo code West Palm. Get that deposit doubled up to $100 and get in and get your NBA fantasy going. Every night there's new games, but you can have a season-long team. You got to get in those soon because, well, the season starts tonight. That is Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. One word, West Palm, promo code. Get that deposit doubled up to $100. It's my fantasy. It's the best fantasy. It's Underdog Fantasy. Big homie. I'm Ken LeVick alive. What's up, homie? E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. What's going on, y'all, boy? Man. to get that in real quick. Homie, they're so good. And I was trying to stand up for the Eagles because I was, oh, they only beat them by nine and we back up quarterback. No, shut up. You were talking about Cooper Rush the whole two weeks. Hey. The Eagles are better. Hey, I seen the perfect tweet for all, all of them that keep saying we only beat a backup. Uh, Dallas only loses with their backup. And when our backup goes out there, we win the Super Bowl. So mm. they can hang that up. Ah, they can man. That's about coaching and that's mm. about scheme. Talk to him, big homie. Uh, like, like, like everybody said, we finally made that man play. Uh, talking about Cooper Rush was Tom Brady reincarnated, tripping. And uh, real quick, y'all, y'all depending on Crystal Ball, who couldn't even win the Pac-12 with the best team, so he's not going to ever win the team that's been in the ACC for 15 years, and they've never even won the ACC. So y'all should have got Kiffin. Big homie, we'll see you November 5th. We'll see about that. We'll be seeing. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Appreciate you, big okay. homie. He got a little tense at the end of that one. I- big homie's a Knowles guy. Oh, he's a Knowles mm-hmm. guy. We'll, we'll be seeing. By the way, November 5th, I've circled that on my calendar as the day I've got to get better. Because, again, I went to the <laughs> Kings game back? two weeks You're ago. Going back? I'm going back. Miami, Florida State, where I'm going to be tested. Yeah. I'm going to be tested because I don't remember any of the first three quarters of Miami and North Carolina. So now I'm going to Miami FSU. How do I enjoy myself? Drink, but also don't stumble around. Eat some of that German food we just had. Yeah. What's it called again? The little potato sausage pierogies. Oh, pierogies. I know what a sausage is. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> sausage platter. Um, pierogi, yes. So that's the day I get better. I'm going to yeah. prove myself that day. We're rooting for you. That's Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye bye. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. So we've been killing some of this Stormhouse food that was brought by. Stormhouse Brewing came through with, those pretzel rolls are thick. Oh, yeah. I mean. I thought Kyle Lowry made it appear. Yeah, uh, Kyle Lowry pretzel, baby. Theo is just mouthful of pretzel roll right now. Uh-huh. Uh, the sausage platter. To die for. It's got that kraut in it. That mm, kraut. Mm, mm. <laughs> and the pierogi. Now, Theo's never had a pierogi. 
Never even heard the word before today. Yeah, pierogi. Been making part of your vernacular and your diet. Not too many, though, because you're going to get tubby. A lot of carbs. Yeah, a lot of carbs. Carb machine, but worth it. Now, Stone, Stone knows a little bit about pierogies. You're damn right. He eats them at like 2 a.m. in bed. <laughs> Polish, German, throw them in the air fryer. That's right. Some of the best treats. So really. these pierogies are legit. But Stone had a great idea. What if you took a syringe and inserted into a pierogi gravy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just take a bite. Just close your eyes. You know. Just it, think it, about it. I'm gonna picture it right now. Okay. So here, he, cut the music real quick. We need complete silence for this. <laughs> Heavy metal doesn't go well. No, no, no. no. That's not. Yeah, that's, that's, no. Here, let's uh, let's just think about it. Music, so we're we're. Oh yeah, you probably Serenity need music. something. Yeah. Mm. Um, ethereal, right? Yeah. So we're you're sitting in in you have the pierogi to your mouth, right? Yeah. It, it makes contact with uh with your tongue. So whatever portion of the tongue with the taste buds that that the I don't know like the. It's like a little bit of a tangy with the crowd on it. Yeah. Uh, potato, a little bit of a starchy taste to it. Mm-hmm. So maybe the left side of your tongue. I don't know. So it gets there and you bite in and it's got that right amount of, of mm. crispness, but the softness of the potato, right? But just think about if you had just injected <laughs> gravy into it. Mm. Think about the texture. Like you've got the potato and oh, then you've got the added, wow. the added oomph of mm. warm gravy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, paint the picture as if, you know, when you have an egg on top of a burger and you, mm, and you pop mm-hmm. that yolk and it comes just running. Start, mm, yeah, running down. Yeah, yep, gravy yep. just starts running into your mouth. It, it's it's the the firmness of the outside of the pierogi like with that. the mashed potato with the creaminess. Mm. That, it's the creaminess that's going to do it for you. That is a that is one hell of a pierogi right there. Stone, that is one hell of an idea. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that is really, really good. But hold on, you need some Pinot. Oh, wash it down with some Pinot Noir. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're doing that. Oh, you're, you're in for a, a, some oh. trouble. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You're going to be drunk on gravy and Pinot. Let's you. go. That sounds hey. like a Saturday to me. Look here. And then I'll, you can roll me out of the place. <laughs> Look here. <laughs> Kelton Vic alive here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, you know what? You know what? The only thing that would make that scenario better is if you were eating a gravy-filled pierogi while drinking Pinot. On a train. Ooh. Woo! I've never heard of three things go together uh, as well uh, as that. Especially when you can look to your right as you're headed down to a heat game dining on pierogies That's with gravy tomorrow. and pinot. Yeah, exactly. When the heat open. And by yeah. the way, special edition Ken Levick alive tomorrow as we count down to heat tomorrow. It'll be at 3 o'clock, 3 to 5 here on ESPN 106.3. But you're looking at all the people stuck in traffic, and you're saying, my God, I'm on top of the world. I have a pierogi with gravy and Pinot Noir, and I'm going 65 miles an hour down a track right down to Miami for the heat. And you can only do that on Brightline. That scenario can only exist if you take Brightline. Go Brightline.com and the free Brightline app. You can enjoy the comforts, the air conditioning, the, the Wi-Fi, the comfortable seats. Kick your feet up. You don't have to sit in traffic and enjoy your trip to West Palm. Fort Lauderdale, Miami Central Station. Take the buzzer beater train. Walk two blocks to FTX Arena. Watch the heat deliver mm, a beating. And then you leave FTX Arena. Get on one of three buzzer beater trains, so you're never going to miss it to go back home to Fort Lauderdale or to West Palm. The stations are beautiful. So clean. So many options and so many amenities. That's Brightline. The only way to travel through South Florida and certainly the only way to get to see the heat. Go Brightline.com and the free Brightline app. All right. 
Let's go to social media here. We've been asking, other than Russell Wilson, who is the most disappointing NFL quarterback this season? And a variety of answers here, including one that's especially shocking to me because I've gotten it multiple times. TM tweets, Carson Wentz. Kevin tweets, Carson Wentz, most disappointing quarterback this season. Where is this coming from? Who thought Carson Wentz was going to be good other than Stone? I didn't think, I thought Stone was a one-man Carson Wentz fan club. Theo, apparently not. He should have been. Who thought Carson Wentz was going to be good with the Commanders? One, it's the Commanders, and two, it's Carson Wentz. And three, the head coach is Ron Rivera. Stone, explain. Um, <laughs> it's tough. But but I would think the reason would be that they obviously brought him in as that missing puzzle piece. So he had expectations to turn that team around, necessarily. He's been paid in Indy, paid him a little chunk of change in Washington, and they're like, hey, this is what we've been missing, was a MVP caliber quarterback or a guy who's played at that level before in his yeah, career. Yeah, played at that level but before, stuff. and whether or not he's still MVP caliber are two wildly different things, and he's not MVP caliber and hasn't been. But the, the, the main argument against that is that the year before, Indianapolis brought Carson Wentz as the missing puzzle piece. And well, how did that go? And they missed the playoffs mm-hmm. because he couldn't score a touchdown against the Jaguars. Uh-huh. Correct. Correct. So, again... What made anybody, including you, think that him trying it on a worse team with a – I don't know if he's the worst. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say the worst head coach would work out in his favor. I, I just don't know. Okay, so I'll, I'll, this is my attempt number two. <laughs> Frank Reich the guy, versus Ron Rivera in a battle tough. of worst coach. The That's, guy oof. who tweeted that is obviously a Washington commander – or commanders Yeah, you got it right. Fan. Good job. That would be the only other reason Uh-oh. that I have. <laughs> That was the point. All right, I did not. I thought you were had more coming. I thought there was more. The guy who thinks he's had a disappointing season is obviously a Commanders fan. Uh, Osmond says says it's a tie between Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. I think for Kyler, we know what Kyler Murray is, and I think that the money is what makes Kyler Murray disappointing maybe on the level of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, because he's the two-time MVP, and you just say to yourself, and surely he assumed, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I can do nothing but make magic happen. Turns out, not the case through six weeks. Kyler yep. Murray getting paid to be mid. Yeah. Big money for mid-play. That's what Kyler Murray is. And also, it's like, yeah, we're getting mid-play from Kyler Murray, but he didn't come in as the division favorite. Like, you still have the Super Bowl champions in your division. Yeah. So, you still have the 49ers, who a lot of people picked over the Cardinals. So, you can say he's been disappointing with his play, but, I mean, the Cardinals are, what, 3-3? Three and three. Mm-hmm. They're right about where we thought they would be. It just hasn't looked good yeah. at the quarterback position. Yeah, and, and it, it, again, you're right. And Kyler Murray, for that money, though, the fact that we thought, like, hey, 3-3, three and three, that's pretty telling in and of yeah. itself, yeah. right? It's not. It's, and I don't know, maybe that's not on Kyler Murray as much as it is on Cliff Kingsbury, but nobody's surprised the Cardinals are 3-3 three and three because even with that big-money quarterback, you didn't have super high expectations for it, which yeah. is on them. And their wins have not been good. Like, no I think they got way. one against the Panthers – they had that weird win against the Raiders. Or did they win that game yeah, or did. lose it? They, they won that game. Mm-hmm. That was the fourth down run around. Yeah. Yes, fourth down run around, and then the Raiders like fumbled it or something like Oh, Hunter Renfro. That I was Hunter that Renfro, now. Mr. Fumble himself. Yeah, he fumbled it two plays in a row. They gave him, he fumbled it. They were like, hey. When he's not fumbling, he's running straight into Devontae <laughs> Adams. Yo, Hunter Renfro has literally directly lost two Raiders games I right know. now. Wow. How do you feel about that? And then you go on to uh, games they've lost, and they just scored nine against the Seattle Seahawks team. They, they scored scored nine against the mm-hmm. worst defense mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yep. And they scored nine points. And you paid him how much money before the season? Mm-hmm. It, that's 
That's not good. After he threw a tantrum and his agent wrote yeah. a, a, a iPhone note as long as the New Testament. Yeah. Like, that's that's not that's not good. We yeah. use Baker Reagan Mayfield because he slipped that in there. I'm going to stand by. I'll find Kyler Murray's middle name. Okay. Find I that. doubt it's Reagan. I doubt it's Reagan. And also, Baker Mayfield, also one of the most disappointing quarterbacks this year, even though, I mean, because everybody kept saying it, it can't get worse than Sam Darnold. Can't but get worse it than did. Sam. It got yeah. way <laughs> and then worse. it did, and then it absolutely did. He got his coach fired, and he got his one of his receivers traded. Uh huh. <laughs> no, I, I I will say Baker does deserve to be in this conversation because yeah. I think when he did go to Carolina, of course there was that group of people who said he stinks. It's not going to matter. This Carolina team is not going to do anything with him. But there were some others who were like, "Hey, it's revenge season." <clears throat> it's, it's, we're going to find out that this guy needed a new system. This guy needed a change of scenery. So You and Bill Simmons. It's Oddly been disappointing. Enough, I don't know why, but Bill Simmons was really heavy on the Baker Mayfield Carolina train, and y'all were both wrong. So you have that in common. You just got to write the book of basketball next. Right. Oh, whatever. Figure <laughs> uh, it out. <laughs> this is going to be a little bit convoluted, but stay with me. I would argue there's a case to be made for disappointing quarterback in Dak Prescott simply because – He's getting paid a lot of money. Jerry Jones finally ponied up for him. And what happens when he gets hurt? Cowboys do not miss him at all. I mean, at all. Do they have the benefit of a great defense? Sure. Did Cooper Rush more than do his part and put up numbers where if you saw them and you didn't see who put them up, you would just say, hey, Dak Prescott's having a pretty good start to the year. Like that in and of itself, what are you paying for? If you can plug in Cooper Rush and get similar production to what Dak Prescott's going to give you. I'll, I'll raise you one, and I don't think you'll like this because I think people are not going to like the Dak Prescott take because it was more injury-based. But Trey Lance. Trey Lance oh, has to looked, be in this discussion. He looked like an abomination in the six seconds now, we saw. No, now, I, I think Trey Lance is Dax, but on steroids. Yes, because not only is it... But the they're fourth, better with Jimmy G. But the, the Trey Lance story starts before the season even started. He wasn't good enough in the offseason for them to even feel comfortable at one point offloading Jimmy Getting G. Getting rid of Jimmy G, yeah. So they keep Jimmy G around because he wasn't good enough. Then he starts playing, and we saw why they kept Jimmy G around. And then, obviously, the injury. And when you partner all of that with the fact that they leveraged so much draft capital to trade up and get Trey Lance, it is a major disappointment that he not only was bad when he did play, but now he's out for the season. It's unfortunate that we're going to end up forgetting about the whole Trey Lance experience, I think, in San Francisco. Because this team's going to have a good record. They're going to find themselves in the playoffs. And in years to come, we're not even going to realize that Trey Lance basically shipped Jimmy G out of San Francisco and was the franchise quarterback, quote-unquote, per Kyle Shanahan. Trey Lance, the Niners try to, depending on how the rest of the season goes, there's a chance they try to shop him, no? There is no doubt. But, but the problem I, is the stock has never been lower. That's the thing. You can't get a first-round pick for him anymore, so you're going to have to just – he's at best a second-round pick. Yeah, like – That's too bad. And a second-round pick. We're not talking multiple picks yeah. with a second included in that. We're talking a second-round pick. And also, what do you do with Jimmy G after the season? Isn't he – this is his last year of his contract, I, I believe. So they have a lot of decisions to make, but I guess right now they're just Brady. focused on the football. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess Brady's, Brady's out coming. there. And me and Brady's coming. Want, he's going to go to one practice a week. Me and Ken want all that credit, too. We know where Brady's going next season. We already called it out. Yeah, yeah. It we was did, San we have Francisco. Our I mean, it the was Giants. Tennessee, and then it was the New York Giants. Uh-huh. He which, wanted to go to San Francisco this year. Right. But the Bucks wouldn't really let him. 
Right. And Giants were on that list for us as far as destinations for Tom Brady, but Daniel Jones making that case in his contract. No, here. he's but not. But why would he want to go to the Giants? <laughs> what do you mean? What if they go 12 and 12 and 5? Danny what are they going to do? Danny Dumpoff is not getting a long-term <laughs> da- extension. Danny Dash. <laughs> Danny Dash, Danny Dumpoff. Uh-huh. Either way, I don't know why Tom Brady would want to go to New York where the receivers are Wandale Robinson and what's left of Sterling Shepard. Is he hurt now? Or <laughs> he's just Darius a torso. Like, yeah, Sterling Shepard is just a torso now. It, That's all he is. It's tough. I, I don't think – why would any quarterback want to be there? We talked about him getting into the media business, just the market that New York is. You do bring in a guy like Odell. Or if, it, if Tom Brady does come to town, I'm sure the free you agents will yeah. start bringing in all these yeah. guys. It's a good spot, I think. Yeah, like how you brought in Julio Jones, and that's working out. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> oh, 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 Adam Schefter just tweeted, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said quarterback Kenny Pickett remains in the concussion protocol, but his practice work will not be limited this week. Quote, if he can play, Tomlin said, he will play. Why are the Steelers trying to kill Kenny Pickett? Why don't they care about concussions? Why are they being so disingenuous? Ah, this is garbage. Why would he not be limited? He had a concussion for Christ's sake. Weird. The only team that gets in trouble for things like that in the court of public opinion are the Dolphins. Weird, 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 weird. Yeah. Hmm. I sense a double standard. I don't know. I can't argue against it. Yeah, no, it's really sound. Even when two is healthy. He he passed concussion protocol. He was cleared this weekend. Mike McDaniel announced Sunday night he's going to play against the Steelers, and you have, oh, this doesn't make me feel good. Oh, this makes me squeamish. Why? He doesn't have a concussion anymore. Why? How is he different than any other player? How is he different from Kenny Pickett? Because he he hit his head on national TV and it made you scared? Well, like, things, stop it. Things that happen on primetime are amplified. God. Know? Even like Russell Wilson. <laughs> that was a good little alley-oop. I, I just, this is, just this, bring it right back. I brought down the backboard with that. <laughs> this is going to be definitely a storyline uh, because they come down to Hard Rock Stadium. And literally play the Miami Dolphins, who too is going to be back. Well, starting it's, against, it's the other way, right? This game's at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday. Oh, it is at Hard Rock Stadium. This that guy works at Hard Rock Stadium. You oh go yeah, you're right. When That's games true. are in town, he's on that? the he's on the inside. I got fired. I was like, whoa! I think I'm working Sunday. Maybe <laughs> not. I'm supposed so to be yeah, working. we'll be down there. So now you're going to have a Kenny Pickett starting against a two attack by like two guys probably still concussed at the moment, but God knows what <laughs> protocol they followed. Or, we need to. We just need those. Let's pray for the offensive linemen. This uh, uh-huh. just protect them dudes. You know what I'm saying? I think on both sides, they should just tell the pass rushers be gentle. Mm-hmm. All right, we got one guy that's got you know little concussion problems here. You got one guy. We can't have any two situations. hand touches. Two hand touches. You know what I'm saying? The NFL refuses to stop. I don't know if you guys caught Bradley Chubb getting the roughing the passer call. That was far oh, from yeah. a roughing. Oh, the Troy Aikman's over it. Yep. Last night, he every roughing the passer. There were two of them, I believe, in both of them. He's like, yeah, that wasn't it. Yeah, that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. But but again, let's have the same energy for the Steelers. Where Mike Tomlin's saying, oh, yeah, this dude's not limited in his work, and if he can play, he's going to play. And he's currently in concussion protocol for an actual concussion that he suffered, right? An actual concussion he suffered. We are, we are three weeks removed from a Tua Tungavailoa concussion. He has cleared concussion protocol, but all you see on social media is, ooh, this doesn't feel right. Why not? He cleared concussion protocol. But we're going to have a concussion cage match. Sunday night Ooh, at Hard Rock that Stadium. Actually, that's that's the headline right Battle there. Battle of the brain damage. Did yeah, you used to yeah. write? <laughs> he did. He used to write, huh? Uh, I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. Yep. Brain Some, Gazi. Somewhere a, a neuroscientist or what are the brain doctors 
what is it? Is that it? Neuro neurologist? Somewhere <laughs> neurologist, that they're yes. cringing right now. Like these guys are just talking flippantly about these concussions. I know. I they're know. pissed off driving down the highway. Well, I'm sure Chris Nowinski, Dr. Chris Nowinski, based out of Boynton Beach, will have something to say about oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett uh, playing on Sunday. Well, Maybe. my boy, Dino Babers. And by the way, on SportsCenter right now, the Dino nation. Babers, the head coach of Syracuse, undefeated Syracuse, who... I got to be honest, and I feel badly about it. Stone and I sort of clowned when uh, he was on with us during ACC Media Days this past season. We had we, were, we had Theo offering him yogurt parfaits oh out goodness. of the media room. Yeah. Oh my God! I can't believe that this team is. I think undefeated still, correct? Yeah. And ranked number fourteenth in the country, 14th in the nation. And we when, when we we learned on ACC Media Day, or ACC kickoff, as Theo calls it, that Dino Babers was going to be our first guest. Boy, we were not excited. Y'all were not excited. And I told you, I, said, I wanted no part of it. <laughs> but he had already sat down, so we couldn't like. Uh, do Honestly, Dino was right in front of me. I'm like, I was gonna tell Theo, tell Dino we don't need him. Oh my God, Honestly, Dino's ready. Ken was pissed. Yeah, yeah. I was and not happy we were having. Dino I was Babers. ready to ask him about his quarterback competition that he had going on that wow. I clearly had no clue about, and this team is kicking behinds. Now, there's Dino Babers, who again is the darling, one of the darlings of college football right now. Great undefeated quote. Syracuse, quotables too. He's he's really quotable. He's, he's about to get a a long contract extension, and here we were offering him yogurt parfaits in the off season, which he on declined. the air, which he declined. Yeah. By the way, very disrespectfully, if yeah. I may say so myself. By the way, Stone asking Dino Babers on the air about a quarterback. And his prospects for the season that no longer plays for Dino Babers in Syracuse. Not By the way, that quarterback, though, yes. Tommy DeVito, uh-huh. the head man of number 16, Illinois. Absolutely. They're looking to win that big West, too. <laughs> Illinois is rolling hey, right now. Ohio State, look out. Look out. Look out. Ohio State, Illinois, <laughs> Big Ten title game. Ryan Day, do you have the guts? I think I see Ohio State. Oh, oh they're looking out, but it's a speed bump. Yeah, they're going to roll right over Illinois. That's too Let's bad because it. Illinois got the leading yeah. rusher in the country. That's right. Yeah, that's cute. And they got Tommy DeVito. And is it a speed bump with maybe Tommy a DeVito. little bit of asphalt that, uh-huh. that has gotten a little bit ragged wear and tear over the years? It's going to slit that tire. It's like a speed table. It's going to take a long time to get over it, but <laughs> you'll still get over it. That's <laughs> It'll scrape the bottom a little bit. Yeah. Can look alive with the Midas touch. I mean, go ahead, Dino Babers. Go ahead, Tommy DeVito. Yeah. Any any name we mentioned in the offseason yes. has turned to gold. Yes. Hey, Mike Norvell going pretty good early. Sure, sure. Hey, we I, sat down with Jordan Travis. They look yeah. good. They oh, look okay. we, also, we also talked with uh, Mario Crow. Oh, Uh-oh. that's uh. Well, you know what though? He made us wait until the final hour, so that they're oh. kind of getting what they get. They're kind of getting Mario what they get. Mario Cristobal. And you know who skirted on us? You're horrible. Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. Oh yeah, they're playing they, pretty good. They well, they skirted on us, but you know what? Dino Babers has him this Saturday, and, and I'm rolling with the cues. Well, now I Orange. hope Dino understands that when we send poor Theo up to Charlotte again next year for ACC Media Days, Dino is obligated to sit down with us because we, and deal with our nonsense, oh, yeah. and ask him about quarterbacks who don't play for him, and, and get offered parfaits because yeah. we're solely responsible for this. I'll be damned if I don't ask him what he thought about Tommy DeVito's season at Illinois. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Oh, hey, perfect. ACC kickoff next year is going to oh, be crazy. It's going to be gonna lit. Be lit. <laughs> Hell yeah. He is definitely getting the DeVito question back. Oh, yeah. Um, That's going to be the first question off the bat. <laughs> but speaking of Mario Cristobal, because he definitely is not turned to gold. Since um, mm-hmm. since we talked to him, it's been a little rough. Watch for the old Miami Hurricanes. And Canes fans upset over Miami losing or, or beating Virginia Tech, by the way, Saturday, because it wasn't stylish enough. Take whatever the hell you can get this year. Yeah, be grateful. Stop it. You don't have a running game. You're, you have Tyler Van Dyke throwing 67 times a game. That's the only way to win. Josh Gaddis will not come off of his offensive style. They've embraced the rebuild moniker. Look at John Ruiz, the billionaire who won't stop tweeting, who wants a new stadium in Coral Gables. He used the R word 
after North Carolina. I had not heard rebuild in the offseason mm. at all when discussing the Miami Hurricanes, but now we're in a rebuild, apparently. It is the worst wide receiver room that they've had in easily the past 10 years. There's a bunch of junior college transfers. There's there's guys in and out of this lineup that fans who have been around for a long time don't even know their names. What well, is the thing? When, when, when we came out the gates knowing that Xavier Restrepo was going to be the number one guy, good guy, mm. good receiver, good, yeah. like, got good hands, very, you know, but when we knew that was going to be the guy, it's like, come on. For sure, and Jacoby George, one of their other you know impact guys, or a guy that had a lot of expectations for, it, was suspended for the first three games of the season, and comes back finally, gets injured, now not in the lineup. Two, two running backs go down before the sure. season starts. What's going on with Will Mallory, by the way? I mean, he's is just, he like done done? He's nursing that. I, I don't mm. necessarily know if he's done or not. That's also a huge loss. If you don't have Will Mallory, yeah, what are you throwing at? Mm-hmm. What are you throwing? Tyler Van Dyke is already. He had a bad start to the year, but now he's looking like Tyler Van Dyke again. But if I'm TVD, why would I stay at Miami? I would try and just pad my stats and take the hell off of the draft. Go to the league. Just get out. Say, look what I did with that. In that offense. With that guy as my offensive coordinator. Draft me. Um, But Kappa Kane, just a random Twitter account that I I stumbled upon over the weekend, asked an interesting question. It's stuck in my brain, and I want to read it now because I'm curious what both of your reactions, you guys, hardcore Canes fans, what your reaction is to this. Would Miami be better off with Lane Kiffin as head coach right now? Discuss. Stone, you first. Considering this was a Miami team that was ranked top 10, right? Top 10 in the preseason. Yep. Now they're not ranked, never to be ranked again in 2022. Uh, they are not going to be in the ACC title game, and their offense is the equivalent of trying to run through a pool of mud. It is. So here's where I would start. I think that Lane Kiffin could probably do more with less, and I would start with offense. Right? He can take guys out, spread them, do a lot of things on the front end that would mm. mix defenses up and allow you to you know, get these chunk plays, all these explosive 15-yard passes, 12-yard rushes. I think Mario Cristobal is, believe it or not, in that rebuild mindset where he's still focusing on this offensive line, getting guys in this building, recruits and stuff, defensively holding them to a standard. And I think the offense is kind of coming last, whether it's in these practices or, I guess, mindset for this staff and this team. Like, it's defense first, and I'm sure that's stuff that Cristobal preaches. Like, we're going to be, we're going to block up front and we're going to get defensive stops because that's what we're built on. We don't have an identity. Let's be tough guys. When Lane Kiffin would be like, hey, screw this. TVD, I'm going to put you in empty. I'm going to give you one back of, you know, once or twice a drive. We're going to go empty, and we're going to have guys motioning. I think Lane Kiffin can do more with less, so therefore I might be happier with him now because I'm not along for this military ride. Stay with me. No more BS. Like, we're going to figure this thing out. We're going to do it the right way. Yeah, That that was a very intelligent and accurate take. By young Stone Lebanowitz. Nope, nothing more needs to be said. I was going to say, yeah, short term, Lane Kiffin would, would be a little bit more exciting, might win more games this year. Long term, I do think Mario Cristobal is building something more sustainable. I might go out there and say this. If Lane Kiffin just had one week of practice leading up to this Texas A&M game, Miami might win. Because they know they're holding Texas A&M. Texas A&M cannot yeah. score the football. Yeah. That offense is irrelevant. So if you can score 20, you beat that Texas A&M team. I'll go as far to say this. If Lane Kiffin was the head coach at Miami right now, Miami would be undefeated. <laughs> they would be undefeated. I absolutely love it. Offense, I saw offense, offense. firsthand Lane Kiffin yeah. come into Boca Raton and take a team that was three and nine, three and nine, 
three and nine in all three years under Charlie Partridge and turn them in to a team that won 10 games in a single season. Go undefeated in conference play, and then two years later, do the same exact thing. And then go into Ole Miss and immediately turn them into a double-digit win team for the first time in program history. He does more with less. That was a perfect way to put it. The deficiencies that have shown so brightly with Miami because Josh Gaddis is not capable of scheming around it. Mario Cristobal, his conservative manner, doesn't want you to attempt to do anything like that. Right. We would not be saying the R word, rebuild, if Lane Kiffin was the head coach at Miami right now. Lane Kiffin also had no defense whatsoever. It was ghosts in his first two years at Ole Miss. First year and a half at Ole Miss. And suddenly, all the while, while they're putting up 45, 50, 55 points every game, winning 10 games a year, playing in New Year's Day Bulls, they have quietly recruited the hell out of that defense, and it's one of the best defenses statistically now in the SEC. And they're undefeated. Lane Kiffin, in retrospect, and I know it's only six, seven games, but in retrospect, maybe you should have been throwing the bag at Lane. I don't, but was he available, though? And did Miami fans want him? I, I think Miami fans would have won. I would have won if, him. If Miami pulled what they pulled with Cristobal, where they're basically offering a blank check and they're traveling out to see him in the middle of the night and they're yeah. flirting with him, don't think that Lane wouldn't at least given a serious conversation about it. I don't know if Ole Miss is a better job than Miami, but I do know from a brand standpoint and from a challenge standpoint, that man, Lane Kiffin, loves himself a challenge. And maybe, just maybe, but I don't even think they made a serious overture. And I'm not saying that Mario Cristobal is going to fail, but what I am saying is I don't think Mario Cristobal should have been the top target. I, well, we had this conversation, Ken, and I remember it. When Miami was looking for its coach, I was like, hey, Lane Kiffin, I would like Lane Kiffin down here as a fan, just because he's also just the more exciting person, especially as a person in the media, like covering Lane Kiffin, a lot more fun than covering militaristic guys like uh, Cristobal and even like Willie Taggart, who's a good guy, just not as fun, not as good of sound bites. I think Willie Taggart is the finest coach in Conference USA. Yeah, of course. Willie Taggart is good. I like Willie Taggart. Big fan of it. I'm just saying, who's a bigger personality? Lane Kiffin Mm. is a great personality to cover, and you experienced that firsthand. All I'm saying is, back when I said it, you said Lane Kiffin would never take the Miami job because he wants to beat Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. we even do this yeah. in hindsight now? I mean, yeah, no, and, and I, I think now more than ever, and I know, he can do this. And I definitely know, I definitely know what what I and I'm yes. just saying, like I, I know but Lane what, Kiffin can. I'm saying, would Lane Kiffin have even wanted to take the Miami job because you're saying sure, he always sure. wants to be and, and maybe SEC maybe guys. he wouldn't have, maybe he wouldn't have because I do think Nick Saban is his ultimate conquest, especially yeah. now that he has seen a bunch of. Saban's former assistants pick up wins over Nick Saban, too, finally. He's Jimbo, licking his chop. Oh, yeah. man. He's he, licking his chop. He don't care who they play next week. He's watching the yeah. Tennessee game over yeah. and over and, and over. So all I'm saying is maybe, just maybe, instead of going full court press on Mario Cristobal, they should have at least tried significantly harder to pry Lane away. Whether or not it was feasible, yeah. I don't know. But maybe, just maybe, that should have been their focus if they truly wanted a program that could build and and compete right away. Because whatever this is for the Canes, it's pretty close to Denver Broncos unwatchable. And, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, one thing that, that stands out to me the most about all of this is I remember Lane Kiffin at the beginning of the season 
did not know who his starting quarterback was. Mm. I believe it was between Jackson Dart and a guy that had transferred in or a guy who had been there for two or three seasons. So they went through all of fall camp, and he had not named a starter, opposed to Miami, where we have a guy under center who's fourth on the Heisman list, Peyton Manning, award watch list. We think this guy is projected to go in the top ten or at least the first round, at the very least. So we're talking about doing more with less. He's simply done more with less. Yeah, and... TVD isn't off to the... Right now, TVD is going Herculean, putting up numbers despite yeah. just unbelievably extenuating circumstances. Like, TVD, the way that he has been able to fight back into something where now you can consider again, all right, maybe this is a first-round dude, or at least in the discussion. But man, I just I know the injuries haven't helped, but I can't help but think that Cristobal and Josh Gaddis have done some pretty irreparable harm to Tyler Van Dyke's draft prospects. At least where and, he sits. And you know what? I don't think that they're too concerned with it. No, and, and long and term, no. That's a good call. No. <laughs> but again, this is a top 10 Miami team. And, and certainly Mario Cristobal was all, he wanted to talk about the culture and talk about all the great things in Miami in the offseason. And then suddenly things start to go south and Middle Tennessee State puts up 45 on you and you lose at home to North Carolina again. And now we're, it's a rebuild? Again, I didn't hear that word at all in the offseason. Theo, that at was all. Theo, that was beautifully done, right? If we were to ask Lane Kiffin about Tyler Van Dyke or, or his quarterback for this instance, Jackson Dart, if he had hopes to go in the first round or was projected to go there or Heisman guy, he would have been like, hey, we're doing everything we can to put Tyler oh, in this yeah. position. Mario Cristobal's answer would be, it's not about the quarterback right now. We're focused as a team yeah. on getting better mm-hmm. and growing. So he would just totally not even address how Tyler Van Dyke's done this season. He would turn it right into a team thing, and Lane Kiffin would be straight up and be like, I know, we haven't helped him out. We're going to help him out, and he's going to have the season that he wanted in the first place. Which I hope recruits don't see because as great of a recruiter that Mario Cristobal is and he's been able to do it at a high level obviously like that's not something that's appealing to high school guys who want to be able to go get their numbers or want to be on a team with a Heisman candidate that does flashy stuff like some of that stuff yes it's good for winning it might be good for long term but featuring your guys and putting them in position to have a better draft stock like even Nick Saban does Mm -hmm. while still having a militaristic approach and winning games is it's only beneficial for recruiting. And Theo, while you're right that I, I definitely said, oh, no late Lane Kiffin leaves Ole Miss for Miami. I also said that Miami fans are notoriously impatient. Notoriously impatient. Yeah. And if Mario Cristobal didn't get things running, how quick was it going to take for Canes fans <laughs> to turn you were right. on him? Because I know because they're toxic. It's a toxic fan base. I love them. But they're toxic. And I'm getting the sense that there are some that are, hey, in it for the long haul, but some that are already starting to waver a little bit. Well, Because it's not a good watch. If if you could see them trying to push the ball down the field, see them able to run the ball, all that. But 20 points versus Virginia Tech is garbage. It's not good football. Terrible. It's not good football. And it hasn't been good football all year, even when we had the cupcake games to start the year off with. Like, none of it looked pretty. No, Southern Miss didn't look good. Yeah, but then Cookman. didn't look good. And then you get beat. Like, even when you were saying that and I was saying, hey, no, I think Miami fans are going to have more patience this time. If you would have told me Miami loses to Middle Tennessee, then I would have been like, okay, yeah, Yeah. maybe then fans are going to turn a little bit. Like, that's a different level of disappointment that you wouldn't have even expected yeah. from a Mario Cristobal coach team. So, yeah, like he's underwhelmed so far when it comes to Saturdays. I'm not saying that Mario Cristobal is going to fail. I'm not saying that he isn't going to be a good coach and he's not going to bring the Canes back to prominence. What I am saying 
is that Lane Kiffin, if you were somehow able to lure him or rip him away from Ole Miss, probably could have built the program in a similar way talent-wise while also taking much fewer unacceptable losses Mm. along the way. And certainly, it would have been a lot more aesthetically pleasing. Should the Canes have gone for Lane Kiffin? Again, this based off of a, uh, a tweet, a random tweet over the weekend I ran into. The Twitter account, at Kappa Kane, would Miami be better with Lane Kiffin as head coach right now? And as far as right now is concerned, I think absolutely. I don't even think there's much of a debate to it. Should Miami have targeted Lane Kiffin over Mario Cristobal? 888-760-3776. We'll get to the phones in a moment. Want to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com. It's the best fantasy. It's my fantasy. They're finally going to play Game 5 of uh, the American League Divisional Series tonight. Yankees and Guardians. You can play baseball fantasy at Underdog Fantasy. The NBA is coming up. Uh, underdog fantasy get your team ready to go and enjoy your NBA season while making money with underdog fantasy again the best fantasy is underdog fantasy underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code West Palm get your deposit doubled up to $100 West Palm one word get that deposit doubled up to $100 with underdog fantasy should Miami have targeted Lane Kiffin instead of Mario Cristobal 888-760-3776 888- 760-3776. Also, when we return, who is further away from contending? Miami, Florida State, or Florida? It's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? From the yeah, Anajar yeah. and Levine Studios in downtown yeah, West Palm yeah. Beach, you are again. listening to yeah, Ken LaVica Live yeah. on ESPN 106.3. What do you know about those pierogies from Stormhouse Brewing that Stone is housing right now? Again, A lot. I, yeah, sir. And check those things with gravy. We're going to experiment. Oktoberfest Saturday, 3 o'clock, Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, US 1, Crystal Cove Commons, Half Mile South. A PGA Boulevard. NBA season gets going tonight. It is the 76ers at the Celtics. 7.30 on TNT. I'm rooting for the Asteroid. The Asteroid? Yeah. What's that mean? If an Asteroid hit TD Garden, I'm good with it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Okay. <laughs> See what you A did. celestial body, oh, perhaps. Yeah. You want them both to lose. Yeah. How about we... I know what to do. There's no winners here. I know what to do. Call up Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Oh. Unlimited. Unlimited. Who do you get advice from, Russell? <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. 58% passer. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. Trust. You're not that guy. Bag. He, it seems like he plays for the tie every time he goes out there. Tired of loss. Mr. Limited. <laughs> yeah, so limited. he is. He is. He's playing for overtime every time, no matter yeah. how few the opponent scores. Like Playing for overtime. Does he have incentives in his contract? We need to check his contract. Like, <laughs> we check plays, Kyler Murray's. If he's on the field a certain number of minutes. Yeah, like, does he have a certain quota <laughs> he has to hit? Like A, a uh. secret Broncos incentive. <laughs> uh, Stone, can I have some fancy horse music, please? There it is. Why fancy horse music, you ask? Because I'm about to talk about horses and fanciness. That makes sense. And polo. The FIP World Polo Championship is coming to Wellington, USPA National Polo Center, formerly 
the International Polo Club, October 29th through November 6th. The FIP World Polo Championship, over 35 years old. This started with 25 countries across five zones, and now it is down to eight. The United States are the hosts. Argentina, the defending world polo champions. What's up, Argentina? Welcome to our world. Mexico, Uruguay, Italy, Spain, Australia, Pakistan. The seven other teams, they're going to be taking that L. Thanks to Team USA. The opening ceremony, October 29th. The USA team will hit the field on ESPN. The opener against Australia. You can catch it on ESPN News. The Federation of International Polo. World Polo Championship beginning October 29th and going to November 6th. Played right here. Only the second time the states have hosted the World Polo Championship. It's like the World Cup with horses. USPA National Polo Center in Wellington. For more information, USA, USPAPro.com, USPAPro.com. Theo, how do you say that word right there? Uruguay. Let him hear it, Ken. Let him hear how it's really said. Uruguay. Uruguay. There you go. It's pretty good. Uruguay. Uruguay. He said it yesterday. He slipped it in there, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He stays slipping it in there with his Spanish. He does, but I don't know if it's Spanish. I know, but I just... Pointed to that Just earlier because of the way how you, you pronounce things. Yeah, yeah, like Uruguay. One more time, Uruguay. Uruguay. So, um, that's awesome. Uruguay. It's, it's Uruguayan. But I Where actually, in, you're, in, you're going to hear it tomorrow. Uruguay. We uh, we did uh, we talked with Max Struess, and in Chicago, Portillo's <laughs> is is uh, Italian beef mm-hmm. and Italian sausage. Great chain restaurant in the Chicago area, Portillo's. And Max Struess, I asked him about it because we're both from Chicago, and he's like, "Oh, I love Portillo's." But I, the first time I went to say it, guess how I pronounced you it? You said Portillo's? Mm-hmm. Oh, you've been so used to I flexing know. the Spanish. And he called me out on it immediately. He said, you've been down here too long. That's crazy. So you'll hear me embarrass myself in front of Max Drews tomorrow, right here on Ken Levicka Live Special Edition, 3 o'clock. Yeah, I'm trying to play it cool, right? NBA player on the Zoom. And I'm on Ken's radio bosom. And he's just slipping up left and right with this yeah. guy. Talking about Portillo's. Max, when's the last time you got some beef at Portillo's? Portillo. I asked Max, Max what his dating life was like as well because every female in our office thinks he's oh, hot. When they, when they found out when, when Tina Home Team found out we were talking with Max Struess or Jeanette found out we were talking with Max Struess. Jeanette was like, creepily standing behind weird, us outside pictures. of the frame. Yeah, and taking pictures of us. It was super weird. Max Struess? Yeah. He's, you know, he's a stud. Is he? Yeah, he yeah. looks really good. As, I, mean, I know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, and Stone's not talking about like the work he put in the offseason. Yeah. No, 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 Max no, no. Just, just like the he's way he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, his I mean, face. He's kind yeah. of a good. He's just like a normal-looking dude. He would steal every single one of ours. He yeah. is a good-looking man. That, that face. He's got that dog on him. Uh, he does. Uh huh. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I got. Maybe I need to look at Max Struess again. He's what? got that dog Max on him. Struce just, he's dog, just looking good. The dog man. is in him, not on him. Uh, well, his face, it's on him. All right? <laughs> if he has a dog face, that wouldn't <laughs> yeah, be good. He's got that dog on him. Um, so good. should the Canes have, have t- okay. targeted Should the Canes have targeted Lane Kiffin instead of Mario Cristobal? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. All I'm saying that right now, if Lane Kiffin was Miami's coach, Miami would be a better football team. That's all I'm saying. Leo in Riviera Beach. What's up, Leo? <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I I agree with you, Ken. I just say that in today's day and age of college football, you need an offensive guru at the helm, not necessarily a head coach, but we saw with Nick Saban. Nick Saban was going to go the way of the dodo before he before he uh, started let, getting the offense off his hands and gave it to Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, all those guys, now Bill O'Brien. And so Lane Kiffin coming in with his offensive scheme like he did at FAU, 
probably would have gotten the Canes off to a great start and probably wouldn't have Canes fans shaking their heads and scratching their heads saying, how come we can't score more than 20 points on Virginia Tech when we're 11-point favorites or 13-point favorites or whatever point favorites we are? How come we can't do get it done? And so, and I also think that, you know, it's possible that uh, Cristobal, he needs maybe a couple more years, maybe get his guys in there. Maybe the Manny Diaz guys aren't it, but we really thought that Tyler Van Dyke coming into the season was going to be like a Heisman hopeful. But and I don't I think it's it, all his. Yeah, and I don't think it's all his fault. He's not a Heisman hopeful. What, what I what I think is that Lane Kiffin though is able to maximize what he has better than Mario Cristobal is is able to do and appreciate the call. Um, I mean, Matt Coral, we had no idea who this dude was before right. Lane Kiffin got there, and undersized. suddenly he's in the Heisman conversation. Uh-huh. Undersized kid, not That's like all he I'm saying. Super, super, and, and he's not going to be an NFL guy. He's not an NFL prospect. Lane Kiffin made him a legitimate NFL prospect. You just brought up Matt Coral, if. He didn't get hurt. We would have been getting a dose of Matt Curl for these next few games with the Panthers instead of P.J. Yeah. Walker. That, that very well could have and, and And I would have preferred to see that the way that P.J. Walker didn't get the ball to anybody. He was throwing the ball like two yards down. What the heck was that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm just know. glad to find out that you were watching the Panthers Oh, I game. wasn't watching. No, I wasn't. What <laughs> was that, Ken? It wasn't me. He was flirting with his ass. I know. I know. He was flirting with his ass. He was in her DMs. No. He was oh. in the Panthers DMs. Hey, baby girl, just check in no, on no, you. No, check no, in. No, no, no. See how your quarterback's hey, doing. No, he did a how you question mark. No, no. you up? Look, that wasn't what it was. Hey, you doing okay? That wasn't what it was, all right? It, it was, How's it your was family? Nothing. It was nothing, man. That wasn't me. <laughs> Where are we going to still? And Joe and Jupiter is pissed off that you said Dak Prescott is a disappointment this season. I like Cooper Rush. How's that, Joe? Uh-oh. First of all, I'm not, I'm not pissed off. I, I was going to call early, but I couldn't. And thanks for taking my – no way he's a disappointment. And I know you mentioned yesterday on your show that you were hearing from Cowboy fans that were saying that we might be better off with Cooper. Those fans don't know football. I mean, we scored maybe 20 points, I think like five touchdowns. Yes, yeah. he rolled the ship for us. We're 4-1. We're and one. But we finally played a team that could actually go, you know, do some serious stuff in the, in, in the playoffs like the Eagles, and what do we do? There's no way Cooper can take us to the promised land. He can ride the ship for a few games. We start playing teams that are worth a crap by uh, Eagles. And, and this is what's going to happen. Dak can throw the ball down the field. He can do that RPO where he doesn't have to hand it off because Cooper can't go to the left and get a 12-yard touch, uh, you know, first down. Like, he, you know, Cooper can't do that kind of stuff. So anybody that thinks we're better off with Cooper needs to go study some more NFL football because that's – he's a good backup. That's why he's a yeah. backup. And I just and find so, it funny. And, and, Joe, appreciate the call. We got to get – we're up against it. But I just find it funny that, oh, Cooper Rush, this is great. This is great. This is great. And then – Ah, three interceptions? Ah, that's what happens. You only beat us because the backup quarterback was in the game. Which one is it? Is Cooper Rush okay? Is he good? Should he take Dak's job or is it his fault? He's a backup. That's what it is. Which one is it? Which yeah. one is it? Uh, that's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, listen up. Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com. Promo code West Palm. Get that deposit doubled up to $100 and get in and get your NBA fantasy going. Every night there's new games, but you can have a season-long team. you got to get in those soon because, well, the season starts tonight. That is Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. One word, West Palm, promo code. Get that 
Deposit doubled up to $100. It's my fantasy. It's the best fantasy. It's underdog fantasy. Big homie. I'm Ken LeVick alive. What's up, homie? E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! <laughs> What's going on, y'all, boys? Man. i to get that in real quick. Homie, they're so good. And I was trying to stand up for the Eagles because, I oh, they only beat them by nine. And we're back up quarterback. No, shut up. You were talking about Cooper Rush the whole two weeks. Hey, the Eagles are better. Hey, i seen the perfect tweet for all, all of them that keep saying we only beat a backup. Uh, Dallas only loses with their backup, but when our backup goes out there, we win the Super Bowl, so mm. they can hang that up. Oh, they can, man. Uh, that's about coaching, and that's mm. about scheme. Talk to him, big homie. Uh, like, like, like everybody said, we finally made that man play. Uh, talking about Cooper Rush was Tom Brady reincarnated, tripping. And uh, real quick, y'all, y'all depending on Crystal Ball, who couldn't even win the Pac-12 with the best team, so he's not going to ever win the team that's been in the ACC for 15 years, and they've never even won the ACC. So y'all should have got Kiffin. Big homie, we'll see you November 5th. We'll see about that. We'll be seeing. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Appreciate you, big okay. homie. He got a little tense at the end of that one. <laughs> big homie's an old guy. Oh, he's a nose mm-hmm. guy. We'll, we'll be seeing. By the way, November 5th, I've circled that on my calendar as the day I've got to get better. Because, again, I went to the Kings game back? two weeks ago. Going back? I'm going back. Miami, Florida State, where I'm going to be tested. Yeah. I'm going to be tested because I don't remember any of the first three quarters of Miami and North Carolina. So now I'm going to Miami FSU. How do I enjoy myself? Drink, but also don't stumble around. Eat some of that German food we just had. Yeah. What's it called again? The little potato sausage pierogies. Oh, I know what a sausage is. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> sausage platter. Um, pierogi, yes. So that's the day I get better. I'm going to yeah. prove myself that day. We're rooting for you. That's Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye. Do it again. Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? From the yeah, NHR and Levine Studios in downtown yeah, West Palm yeah. Beach, you are again. listening to yeah, Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. What do you know about those pierogies from Stormhouse Brewing that Stone is housing right now? Again, A lot. I, yeah, sir. And check those things with gravy. We're going to experiment. Oktoberfest Saturday, 3 o'clock, Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, US 1, Crystal Cove Commons, Half Mile South, a PGA Boulevard. NBA season gets going tonight. It is the 76ers at the Celtics, 7.30 on TNT. I'm rooting for the Asteroid. The Asteroid? Yeah. What's that mean? If an Asteroid hit TD Garden... I'm good with it. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> See what you a did. A celestial body, oh, perhaps. Yeah. You want them both to lose? Yeah. How about we? I know what to do. There's no winners here. I know what to do. Call up Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Oh. Unlimited. Unlimited. Who do you get advice from, Russell? <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. Fifty-eight percent passer. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. Trash. You're not that guy. Bag! He, it seems like he plays for the tie every time he goes out there. Tired of loss. Mr. Limited. <laughs> yeah, so limited. he is. He is. He's playing for overtime every time, no matter yeah. how few the opponent scores. Like Playing for overtime. Does he have incentives in his contract? We need to check his contract. Like <laughs> we check Kyler Murray. If he's on the field a certain number of minutes. Yeah, like does he have a certain quota <laughs> he has to hit? Like A, a uh. secret Broncos incentive. <laughs> Uh, Stone, can I have some fancy horse music, please? 
There it is. Why fancy horse music, you ask? Because I'm about to talk about horses and fanciness. That makes sense. And polo. The FIP World Polo Championship is coming to Wellington, USPA National Polo Center, formerly the International Polo Club, October 29th through November 6th. The FIP World Polo Championship, over 35 years old. This started with 25 countries across five zones, and now it is down to eight. The United States are the hosts. Argentina, the defending world polo champions. What's up, Argentina? Welcome to our world. Mexico, Uruguay, Italy, Spain, Australia, Pakistan. The seven other teams, they're going to be taking that L. Thanks to Team USA. The opening ceremony, October 29th. The USA team will hit the field on ESPN. The opener against Australia. You can catch it on ESPN News. The Federation of International Polo. World Polo Championship beginning October 29th and going to November 6th. Played right here. Only the second time the states have hosted the World Polo Championship. It's like the World Cup with horses. USPA National Polo Center in Wellington. For more information, USA, USPAPro.com, USPAPro.com. Theo, how do you say that word right there? Uruguay. Let him hear it, Ken. Let him hear how it's really said. Uruguay. Uruguay. There you go. It's pretty good. Uruguay. Uruguay. He said it yesterday. He slipped it in there, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He stays slipping it in there with his Spanish. He does, but I don't know if it's Spanish. I know, but I just pointed to that just earlier because of the way How you said. pronounce things. Yeah, yeah like, like Uruguay. One, one more time. Uruguay. Uruguay. So, um. That's awesome. Uruguay. It's, it's Uruguayan. But I Where actually. You're, you're going to hear it tomorrow. We, uh, we did. Uh, we talked with Max Struess. And in Chicago, Portillo's <laughs> is is uh, Italian beef mm-hmm. and Italian sausage. Great chain restaurant in the Chicago area, Portillo's. And Max Struess, I asked him about it because we're both from Chicago. And he's like, oh, I love Portillo's. But I, the first time I went to say it, guess how I pronounced you it? You said Portillo's? Mm-hmm. Oh, you've been too used to flexing the Spanish. And he called me out on it immediately. He's like, you've been down here too long. That's crazy. So you'll hear me embarrass myself in front of Max Struess tomorrow, right here on Ken Levick Live Special Edition, 3 o'clock. Yeah, I'm trying to play it cool, right? NBA player on the Zoom. And I'm on Ken's radio bosom, and he's just slipping up left and right with this yeah. guy. Talking about Portillo's. Like, oh, Max, Max, when's the last time you got some beef at Portillo's? Portillo. I asked Max, Max what his dating life was like as well because every female in our office thinks he's oh, hot. When they, when they found out, when, when Tina Home Team found out we were talking with Max Struess or Jeanette found out we were talking with Max Struess. Jeanette was like, creepily standing behind us taking outside pictures. of the frame. Yeah, and taking pictures of us. It was super weird. Max Struess? Yeah. He's, you know, he's a stud. Is he? Yeah, he yeah. looks really good. As, I, mean, I know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, and Stone's not talking about like the work he put in the offseason. Yeah. He's no, saying, no, 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 Max no, no. You just, just like the he's way a he good looks. looking dude. Yeah, his I mean, he's face. Kind yeah. of a good. He's just like a normal looking dude. He would steal every single one of ours. He yeah. is a good looking man. That, that face. He's got that dog on him. Uh, he does. Uh huh. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I got. Maybe I need to look at Max Drews again. He's what? got that dog Max on him. Just, he's dog. just looking good. The dog man. is in him, not on him. Uh, well, his face, it's on him. All right? <laughs> if he has a dog face, that wouldn't <laughs> be good. He's got that dog on him. Um, so good. should the Canes have, have targeted okay. Should the Canes have targeted Lane Kiffin instead of Mario Cristobal? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. All I'm saying that right now, if Lane Kiffin was Miami's coach, Miami would be a better football team. That's all I'm saying. Leo in Riviera Beach. What's up, Leo? <laughs> Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I, I agree with you, Ken. I just say that in today's day and age of college football, you need 
an offensive guru at the helm, not necessarily a head coach, but we saw with Nick Saban. Nick Saban was going to go the way of the dodo before he before he uh, started letting, getting the offense off his hands and gave it to Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, all those guys, now Bill O'Brien. And so Lane Kiffin coming in with his offensive scheme like he did at FAU probably would have gotten the Canes off to a great start and probably wouldn't have Canes fans shaking their heads and scratching their heads saying, how come we can't score more than 20 points on Virginia Tech when we're 11-point favorites or 13-point favorites or whatever point favorites we are? How come we can't do get it done? And so, and I also think that, you know, it's possible that uh, Cristobal, he needs maybe a couple more years, maybe get his guys in there. Maybe the Manny Diaz guys aren't it, but we really thought that Tyler Van Dyke coming into the season was going to be like a Heisman hopeful, but... And I don't I think it's it, all his. Yeah, and I don't think it's all his fault. He's not a Heisman hopeful. What what I what I think is that Lane Kiffin though is able to maximize what he has better than Mario Cristobal is is able to do and appreciate the call. Um, I mean, Matt Coral, we had no idea who this dude was before right. Lane Kiffin got there, and Undersized. suddenly he's in the Heisman conversation. Uh-huh. Undersized kid, not That's like all he was I'm saying. Super and, super. And he's not going to be an NFL guy. He's not an NFL prospect. Lane Kiffin made him a legitimate NFL prospect. You just brought up Matt Coral. If he didn't get hurt, we would have been getting a dose of Matt Curl for these next few games with the Panthers instead of P.J. Yeah. Walker. That, that very well could and I, and And I would have preferred to see that the way that P.J. Walker didn't get the ball to anybody. He was throwing the ball like two yards down. The, what the heck was that? <laughs> I don't know. I I'm don't just know. glad to find out that you were watching the Panthers oh, I game. wasn't watching. No, I wasn't. No, what was me. that, Kenny? It wasn't me. He was flirting with his ass. I know. I know. He was flirting with his ass. He was in her DMs. No. He was oh. in the Panthers DMs. Hey, baby girl, just check in no, on you. No, check no, in. No, no, no. See how your quarterback's hey, doing. I, no, he did a how you question mark. No, no. you up? Look. It, that that wasn't what it hey, was. Hey, you doing okay? That wasn't what it was. All right, it, it was. How's it was your family? Nothing. It was nothing, man. That wasn't me. <laughs> Where are we going to, Stone? Joe and Jupiter is pissed off that you said Dak Prescott is a disappointment this season. I like Cooper Rush. How's that, Joe? Uh oh. First of all, I'm not. I'm not pissed off. I, I was going to call early, but I couldn't. And thanks for taking my. No way, he's a disappointment. And I know you've mentioned yesterday on your show that you were hearing from Cowboy fans that were saying that we might be better off with Cooper. Those fans don't know football. I mean, we scored maybe 20 points, I think like five touchdowns. Yes, yeah. he rolled the ship for us. We're 4-1. We're and one. But we finally played a team that could actually go, you know, do some serious stuff in the, in the playoffs like the Eagles. And what do we do? There's no way Cooper can take us to the promised land. He can ride the ship for a few games. We start playing teams that are worth a crap. Uh, Eagles, and and this is what's going to happen. Dak can throw the ball down the field. He can do that RPO, or he doesn't have to hand it off because Cooper can't go to the left and get a 12-yard touch, uh, you know, first down like he, you know. Cooper can't do that kind of stuff. So anybody that thinks we're better off with Cooper needs to go study some more NFL football because that's He's a good backup. That's why he's a yeah. backup. And I just and find so, it funny. And, and Joe, appreciate the call. We got to get. We're up against it. But I just find it funny that oh, Cooper Rush. This is great. This is great. This is great. And then ah, oh, three interceptions. Ah, oh, that's what happens. You only beat us because the backup quarterback was in the game. Which one is it? Is Cooper Rush okay? Is he good? Should he take Dak's job or is it his fault? He's a backup. That's what it is. Which one is it? Which yeah. one is it? Uh, that's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. I'm Ken Lavica, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Hey, listen up. Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com, promo code West Palm. Get that deposit doubled up to $100 and get in and get your NBA fantasy going. Every night there's new games, but you can have a season long team. You got to get in those soon because, well, the season starts tonight. That is Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. One word, West Palm, promo code. Get that deposit doubled up to $100. It's my fantasy. It's the best fantasy. It's Underdog Fantasy. Big homie. I'm Ken LeVick alive. What's up, homie? E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. What's going on, y'all, boy? Man. to get that in real quick. Homie, they're so good. And I was trying to stand up for the Eagles because I was, oh, they only beat them by nine and a backup quarterback. No, shut up. You were talking about Cooper Rush the whole two weeks. Hey. The Eagles are better. Hey, I seen the perfect tweet for all, all of them that keep saying we only beat a backup. Uh, Dallas only loses with their backup. And when our backup goes out there, we win the Super Bowl. So mm. they can hang that up. Ah, uh, man. That's about coaching and that's mm. about scheme. Talk to them, big homie. Uh, like, like, like everybody said, we finally made that man play. Uh, talking about Cooper Rush was Tom Brady reincarnated, tripping. And uh, real quick, y'all, y'all depending on Crystal Ball, who couldn't even win the Pac-12 with the best team, so he's not going to ever win the team that's been in the ACC for 15 years, and they've never even won the ACC. So y'all should have got Kiffin. Big homie, we'll see you November 5th. We'll see about that. We'll be seeing. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> Appreciate you, big okay. homie. He got a little tense at the end of that one. I- big homie's an old guy. Oh, he's a nose mm-hmm. guy. We'll, we'll be seeing. By the way, November 5th, I've circled that on my calendar as the day I've got to get better. Because, again, I went to the <laughs> Kings game back? two weeks You're ago. Going back? I'm going back. Miami, Florida State, where I'm going to be tested. Yeah. I'm going to be tested because I don't remember any of the first three quarters of Miami and North Carolina. So now I'm going to Miami FSU. How do I enjoy myself? Drink, but also don't stumble around. Eat some of that German food we just had. Yeah. What's it called again? The little potato sausage pierogies. Oh, I know what a sausage is. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> sausage platter. Uh, pierogi, yes. So that's the day I get better. I'm gonna yeah. prove myself that day. We're rooting for you. That's Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye bye. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, listen up. Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com. Promo code West Palm. Get that deposit doubled up to $100 and get in and get your NBA fantasy going. Every night there's new games, but you can have a season-long team. You got to get in those soon because, well, the season starts tonight. That is Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. One word, West Palm, promo code. Get that deposit doubled up to $100. It's my fantasy. It's the best fantasy. It's Underdog Fantasy. Big homie. I'm Ken LeVick alive. What's up, homie? E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. What's going on, y'all, boy? Man. to get that in real quick. Homie, they're so good. And I was trying to stand up for the Eagles because I was, oh, they only beat them by nine and a backup quarterback. No, shut up. You were talking about Cooper Rush the whole two weeks. Hey, the Eagles are better. Hey, I seen the perfect tweet for all, all of them that keep saying we only beat a backup. 
uh, Dallas only loses with their backup, but when our backup goes out there, we win the Super Bowl. So mm. they can hang that up. Ah, they can, man. Uh, that's about coaching and that's mm. about scheme. Talk to him, big homie. Uh, like, like, like everybody said, we finally made that man play. Uh, talking about Cooper Rush was Tom Brady reincarnated, tripping. And uh, real quick, y'all, y'all depending on Crystal Ball, who couldn't even win the Pac-12 with the best team, so he's not going to ever win the team that's been in the ACC for 15 years, and they've never even won the ACC. So y'all should have got Kiffin. Big homie, we'll see you November 5th. We'll see about that. We'll be seeing. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Appreciate you, big okay. homie. He got a little tense at the end of that one. <laughs> big homie's an old guy. Oh, he's a nose mm-hmm. guy. We'll, we'll be seeing. By the way, November 5th, I've circled that on my calendar as the day I've got to get better. Because, again, I went to the <laughs> Kings game back? two weeks You're ago. Going back? I'm going back. Miami, Florida State, where I'm going to be tested. Yeah. I'm going to be tested because I don't remember any of the first three quarters of Miami and North Carolina. So now I'm going to Miami FSU. How do I enjoy myself? Drink, but also... Don't stumble around. Eat some of that German food we just had. Yeah. What's it called again? The little potato Sausage? Pierogies. Oh, pierogies. I know what a sausage is. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> sausage platter. Um, <laughs> pierogi, yes. So that's the day I get better. I'm going to yeah. prove myself that day. We're rooting for you. That's Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye.